Two little mice fell in a bucket of cream. The first mouse quickly gave up and drowned. The second mouse wouldn't quit. He struggled so hard that eventually he turned that cream into butter and crawled out. Gentlemen, as of this moment, I am that second mouse. <laughs> it's amazing. He's talking about motorcycle insurance. Now let's start the show. Step What is my problem? Mm. Tell us the fuck, fuck off, please. What a stupid song. Ladies and gentlemen, the C-O-Double M-O-N. Send a name for fresh Damn. We missed that, didn't we? Oh, yeah. Sometimes I, I really think that it's like... It knows that we're about to say some ridiculous shit, and it like gives us a second to get it out of our system before it starts recording. It's kind of like when, like Michael Scott, <coughs> would be put on like a on a call with somebody. Like Pam would always like wait until he got it out of his system first. Yeah, he would he would make the bad <laughs> joke first, and then she's like, <laughs> he's like, all right, transferring now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. La- got- Streamyard is effectively looking both ways before it lets us cross the street. <laughs> Streamyard is our Pam. We don't want bad content, otherwise our service won't be used. Makes perfect sense. I know. And then all we have to do is just tweet that Apple is trying to cancel us and Apple hates free speech. We should just start making our own cell phones. You're Tom, right. are you are you sick as well, Tom? I am, yeah. I um, I got back from vacation last week, and I wasn't feeling great. I thought it was just travel cold. Ooh. It's because you drank the doo-doo water right out of the... Mo- Montezuno's <laughs> Revenge, or whatever that's called. Well, I don't have dysentery, so I think we're okay on that. Are you sure? Because you do have the complexion of someone from... Uh, what was that game that we used to play? The Oregon Trail? <laughs> Tom has died of cholera. <laughs> I think if I had if I had dysentery, I myself and everybody that I live with would fucking know it because there would be just pools of shit everywhere. It's pretty much just hot brown liquid coming out both ends. Yeah, I mean, no, that's all I got. Okay, so <laughs> for all those who have chosen to burn two hours of your week. Welcome back to the Second Mouse Podcast, where we talk about all of your favorite Oregon Trail illnesses and ways that you can kill your kids. Did you just say Oregon Trail or Oregon Trail? Because I've played Oregon Trail, and that happens in Bangladesh. It's not yeah, like you... uh, the new movie uh, for Human Centipede. It's it's the new or- Oregon Trail. I was going to say they they uh, they uh, recon they retcon the um, what was that what was that movie? Hostile. (laughs) That fucking movie. You can download it on the dark net and you basically walk through the sixth level of hell. So you basically wake up in my life. Yes, you are back in Shirley. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, what we were going to talk about now, um, I was going to praise... I was going to praise Gatto on his pick of the week from a couple weeks ago in the peripheral, but at the same time, I'm kind of pissed that it's following the um, the non-normal approach where they release episodes weekly instead of just dumping them on our lap like so many other 
platforms do. And I'm kind of annoyed that they're released weekly now. You're such a millennial. I know. So is it just one episode a week or? So I think I kind of I kind of like that, though. I honestly keeps you going. I, I kind of prefer it that way because, you know, like watching House of the Dragon, I I waited a while to kind of like actually watch it in like secession. And it was like it's nice binging, but like I feel like it would have been nice to have like those like little mini cliffhangers per week. Bootlicker for the networks. I man. <laughs> I, I would unfortunately like to say that this is going to be the direction that all streamers go in because now, as you've started to notice, there are more and more commercials being inserted on each platform and it's becoming more of the norm and essentially what's going to happen is they're going to go to a weekly um style they're not going to just dump the shows like netflix does because they get to tell you about all the good things that they're they have coming up that does play into it because yeah it's 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 but i mean they can kind of do that anyway though at the bumper of like all the episodes they could just put in different type but i, I understand it but if you're in, in the binge time, mode if you're right. in the binge mode and they just throw those <laughs> in it feels awkward and isn't isn't as i don't know if it's like it's just not natural i think still for like people's viewing styles they'll get irritated yeah. by that i, I do have people- a theory though is the reason why we are getting commercials added in now it's not just because they want to sell more shit which makes total sense but also um the commercials being added in and shows being moved back to like a weekly drop is it because they're knowing that the content that they're putting out is not good and they're seeing it in the ratings so they said let's stretch things back out to the way they used to be where the show would release you know 11 episodes over 11 weeks and it gives us a little bit more lead time to work on some other projects instead of like, you know, Stranger Things drops. You watch the entire thing in two days. It's like, all right, where else my next fix? And now you're stuck watching like, I don't know, uh, some of the other crappy shows that the Netflix Netflix has that were supposed to be good, but they're not. If I'm only giving out free one month trials of my application, but I have a hit series show that goes for eight weeks hmm. now you're sticking around for at least one month subscription and also don't discount the the actual like traffic that it gets on like social media is you're able to kind of like make it a little bit more um spread over time because you're actually able to kind of you know it's like giving giving it to you in small doses right you're the first one's free but you're coming back for that fix and- pretty much you also start to then integrate other things like a lot of shows now have podcasts like sponsored podcasts by the show. Um, they're getting into other other ways of selling you content mm-hmm. that drives ads and revenue. Um, and the other thing is you are more likely to log in, watch the new episode and then stick around. So they're, they, they need those numbers to look good. So when they can show that those traffic patterns are consistent over periods of time like that and get you onto the platform, you're going to just watch something else than, instead of changing platform right away. I mean, I don't know how you guys 
No, it makes sense. I mean, that definitely makes more sense um, from the perspective of keeping people engaged. And Gatto, do you remember when we used to watch Breaking Bad? That used to be like a community-wide event. Game of Thrones, too. Game of Thrones, Breaking Bad. I even remember like there was watch parties. It was like for the first two seasons of like True Blood when we were in college. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I don't think we were big True Blood people, though. That no, first... we, we died off after two two seasons, I think. I'll, I'll say that first season of True Blood, I was like, this is interesting. And then, like, it started, started getting, getting weird. fairies and shapeshifters, and I'm like, mm, I'm not, not really into this. It yeah. was kind of scary, too. Like, it had, like, a horror element to it, and then it just became more of, like, fantasy, like, rom-com bullshit, so... It, yeah. it, it felt like it changed hands a lot. I like Alan Bell, who directed it, and I think Six he also Feet Under. It. Yeah, he's and he's also done uh, Banshee, mm-hmm. oh, and yeah. I love Banshee. So, <laughs> but yeah, all of that to be said, I like the peripheral. I thought it's been really good so far. And Q, just to kind of catch you up on it, imagine. Um, did you ever see Twelve Monkeys? Yeah, of course. Did you ever see? Um, another Bruce Willis movie called uh, Die Hard. No, close, but definitely wrong. Surrogates. No. Hmm. Okay. So, um, is that one of his direct to video movies? It was probably before he started to make all of those. It's like a okay. mid two thousands movie that came out. Because um, I but, swear, all of his all of his recent movies are like hard kill and. Death, death march, or like it's just like it's always very generic two word titles, and it's always got like Gina Carano or like <laughs> Dave Batista or something, and it, it's like it's just all like never seen these people in years. I have noticed that there is an uptick in Bruce Willis just like cameo appearances in made for TV movies, but all that to be said, Peripheral is good, you should check it out. It's got a sci fi element to it, but. It's not it, – it's hard to explain. It reminds me of so many other, like, movies out there that I like, but they're blended very nicely together. I, and I, I was going to say, also, it's it's by the people who made um, – what's the show, Q? I'm drawing a blank here. Uh, it's on HBO. It's um, where they have – Westworld. Sorry. Westworld. Creators of Westworld were also involved in this project, so – it's uh, it's got a little bit of that kind of thinker element. Slow burn, I would say. Each episode's a bit of a slow burn, and then you get. But it keeps old... you interested, though. It's not like Boardwalk Empire, where you were waiting every episode for something to happen and nothing happened. Yeah, I want. I wanted to like that show so bad. I think and we it, all did. There and was it so was... yeah. There was so great many, concept. Like... And that that character that I can't remember his name. It's been so long that they killed off like in season three because the actor was like apparently like, a douchebag or something. Yeah, like he was supposed to be. He was supposed to be the crux, the like the crux of the story with uh, Steve Buscemi's character, and then he was just such an asshole. They were like, "We're killing this guy off. We're moving on." They did not have like a narrative to go to. So, um, yeah, I, I, I'm not. A, I, we talked about this though. I'm just not the biggest uh, Chloe Grace Moritz fan. I'm not either, and honestly, I can't recall anything that I watched that she was in, and I get her confused with. That whole list of like young actresses like Florence Pugh, um, Emma Roberts, and there's like a handful of others that they all kind of look and act the same in their movies. But 
I think this one is a little bit different in the sense that there's some real depth to her character. And it's not like, you know, she's the main story. She's the main character of this show and she's perfect at everything. She's got flaws and she's scared a lot of times too about what's going to happen. And you could see like actual growth in her character rather than just like the, the Captain Marvel approach where like, I'm great at everything. Okay. This is a terrible movie then. Yeah, I like her in uh, Suspiria uh, remake, and uh, Kickass was kind of cool. Uh, I think my favorite is it, it, when she was younger. She did a, a horror movie called Let Me In. I think that was it. <laughs> yeah, that's the that was the remake, the American remake of uh, Let the Right One In. Yeah, and and yeah, she's like, uh, I want to say she's a vampire or something. They're actually making a. I think AMC is making a show. A or third FX. one. I saw uh, it's a, it's a, a show. Yeah, it's it's a, it, those were movies. So this is like a, a series. So it actually, I'm I'm interested. I think she was she was in Little Miss Sunshine too, right? No, I think that was. Um... Am I thinking of somebody else? Yeah, I think so. Good because I actually like Little Miss Sunshine, so it makes sense. Boom, roasted. Boom. Nah. Um. Yeah. I mean. I'm into anything like sci-fi like that, so I, I I definitely will. It looks like it's getting pretty decent ratings too. So, but I don't know, man. The last time you guys uh, got me into a show was that archive, uh, was archive whatever that got canceled after one season. So, oh I, yeah, well I guess we'll never know how that ends. <laughs> That's so stupid, man. Netflix just is like, oh, you like this show? <laughs> well, guess what? We're, we're fucking canceling. I just – I don't understand their logic behind some of the shows that they keep and the ones that they cut. Like I get why they have like selling Sunset and selling Hollywood and all those shows because mm-hmm. they're like they're, – they're their version of like E, like Real Housewives of insert local area here and keeping up with the Kardashians. But – there's other shows that just stick around for years and years and years. And it's like, who the fuck is watching this? So I think I had read a while back that basically they make a lot of, originally they were making their decisions off of analytics and the rule was all they needed to do was get 10% of their um, subscribers to watch a show, which now that their subscriber base has grown significantly and is international, I'm sure it's a much more complex metric to decide what's good and what doesn't stay. But that's what they were going off for the longest time. I would also say, though, that a lot has changed with the industry now that everybody's basically streaming. And we now have issues with production houses. Um, and the other issue we actually have is that a lot of a lot of people if they if act like actors actresses if they do something that gets them notoriety on netflix they're often looking for a big movie deal or a, a franchise tag for something or they're looking for big like a big commitment from like the studio uh, from like netflix or the studio and they're just they're not getting them and yeah that makes problem. sense though um also writing is terrible during this era we have terrible screenwriting i mean i think that has a lot to do with just the amount of content they had to put out like i think it's fair to say so much of the stuff that we're watching is like really half-baked like not really well thought out i didn't mind space force with steve carell i thought it needed a little bit more time to like marinate and they needed to think about a few things um 
And then there's some just other shows that you knew, like this is going to be an absolute stinker. But I would, I would wonder if a lot of these shows are canceled because they're in rush production and because they're Netflix is trying to put so many of these out at once. And I don't mean to lump Netflix as the only one, but frankly, that's the one that gathers the most attention outside of like Amazon Prime and Hulu. But I, I would wonder if they have to rush so many of these, they cut their budgets and they cut the writers. And it's like, this is what we're going to get. We're going to hope it's going to land. And it doesn't land. It's kind of like a self-fulfilling prophecy. I've never sat on the other side of one of those deals either that, that Netflix gets or sets up. And I wonder if like, you know, a lot of times productions go over budget. They even even when they're doing it, they're doing their best to stay under budget. They go over budget, and they're only given like a hard cap of money for for doing like two seasons, and they just they can't do it with the money left over after it's, one. It's kind of weird though because like um, having you know the archive show. Okay, I can't remember archive eighty one. I had you. to look it up too. Don't Ar- yeah, okay. Archive eighty one like was in the top ten of Netflix for a long time, even way past its premiere date. And it's like they didn't really even provide a reason why they canceled it. Like Space Force, at least, like I mean, which was again very weird. That it was it's Greg Daniels who did The Office and Corral and Ben Schwartz and all the really good cast. Um, but like they said that you never hit really anywhere in the ratings in the in the even the reviews are kind of like spotty. So I, yeah. I can understand at least why that one probably expensive. Cause I mean, I imagine what they're paying Corel was pretty high. Um, so I can understand why something like that gets canceled, but like, it is kind of amazing that like a Steve Carell, Greg Daniels show gets fucking John Malkovich was in that too. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Jimmy O Yang. Um, yeah. A bunch of <laughs> who was really the dude good... that was, who played fuck Tony? <laughs> <laughs> I love that uh, that dude. He was he was also on um, Parks and Rec. Dude's hysterical. Oh, um, I think is that ben Jenny Schwartz? Slate's brother. Oh, yeah, Ben, ben Schwartz. Schwartz. Yeah, Ben Schwartz. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it, it's it's crazy that something like that didn't like catch on. Roy Wood Jr., uh, Patrick Warbutton, you know, all those like character actors that are really good for the type of show. Again, the same writers of The Office, so you feel like it has to be a hit, and then it's just flounders. And like, I don't, I guarantee you bring that up to a lot of people, they don't even know what that, what that is. Yeah, I'm also wondering too, because of this kind of like make or break approach to like television now through streaming services, they're also not letting these like they're not letting these programs or these shows kind of hit their stride. And you can you can look at like there are certain shows that, you know, the first season's kind of meh and then they start to pick up and they understand like this is our niche and this is how we're going to do it. But they're not giving any of these shows any chance. I was just looking up um, about Archive 81 and they said that there was a while the show did top Netflix's top tens. There's evidence that viewership drop off between episodes could have been the reason. But you have to let a show progress, though. Yeah. And. I, I feel like taking like one episode at a time is a really bad idea, especially if these are narrative driven, like long form shows versus like situational, like a sitcom where every episode is different, but it has no impact on the long term story. Can I let you in on the secret? Please. Analytics is killing industries 
Yeah. Especially this one. I recall when I was with Disney that every week before um, I left the company, it was like a new so-and-so was being hired in like this analytics position. And it was like such big news that they had to always like make it a public announcement and like send out a email blast to the entire division of Disney that did streaming. And it was like, this person's coming in to do this. And it sounded like everyone was doing the same job. <laughs> like it was the same, like this person's the VP of analytics. And then, Next week would be like, this is the VP of the VPs of analytics. And it was just constantly bringing in because it was it's the hot thing that people thought was going to generate the insight and revenue. But it it doesn't it doesn't provide it doesn't make them more money and it doesn't save them more money. And that's it's a, the problem. It's a buzzword at this point. It's like, yeah, analytics. And it's like, oh, OK. But like, you know, people don't realize that like what analytics like what what print like what what do you like scoping but i'll give you tom i'll give you a perfect example of your what you just mentioned about not letting a show marinate it's always sunny in philadelphia which is going to be on for almost 20 years now wow it first season was not great it was it had moments obviously but then danny devito got involved and like they gave it enough time for it to kind of find its you know and it's now a show that's been on for fucking almost 20 we, years we yeah. were in high school when that came out yep. yeah uh, it's on season 16, I think. I believe. That's outstanding. Good for them. Yeah. They're hysterical, yeah. creative people. I mean, yeah. again, it takes it takes a while to build a fan base. It takes a while to understand what your level of humor is or even how you want to tell a story. And, you know, I think FX is a, is a, is a network that's been willing to try some things. And... You know, they let it run and it's like a cult classic, like mainstream people love it. But again, like there's a lot of these shows that are already getting kicked to the curb. I just looked up and they said that the Midnight Club um, is probably going to get canceled as well for season two. Which Fucking Mike Flanagan led show that got like almost 90 percent on Rotten Tomatoes, big viewership. And it's just like. Well, it got 90% critic score, right? And the audience didn't care for it. Is that uh, how it went? I think so because, again, I, it's also a talk to the marketing, right? Because I think people sold this as a direct horror horror show. And, um, yeah, 55% on the audience score. You don't and, name something. Sorry, Q. You, no. You don't, but you don't name some something Midnight Club. Give it like this. It sounds like Are You Afraid of the look. Dark? Yeah, and then like the first episode is the setup, almost like they're gonna go into an "Are You Afraid of the Dark?" and then yeah, they they were the uh, completely they were the Midnight Society. So I'm like, oh, I'm like couple kids, and then it's like it go it leans into this whole thing of this this girl, they're all terminal, and I'm like, this is way different than I thought it was gonna be. And I like that idea because it I wouldn't mind that a either. whole new. Element I don't I don't in. mind it. I was just it just jarring because I'm like, this is not what they even sold the show as. Yeah. Again, a really slow show that never yeah. really went anywhere and probably three episodes too long. Um, question, though, not to go off topic, but if they remade Are You Afraid of the Dark, they would you watch it? it? They did. No. Try. Yeah. On Nickelodeon. Yeah. For like the oh, new generation. No. I don't think I didn't, I didn't see any of it or anything. I uh, did. I did. I did. I, I I think it was on Paramount Plus. They have the old episodes, and I did watch like one or two of them because I'm like, this is just nostalgia, fucking city. 
the uh there was one the grimly reaper or whatever the comic book character the still oh, yeah, one yeah. of the scariest fucking like villains i've ever seen the ghastly grinner that's what it is the ghastly grinner yeah that one was fucking sick I can't remember one of them, but I remember like Freddie Prince Jr. Oh yeah, this one, like the court jester one. Yeah, oh, the ghastly grinner. That's the one. Shitless, bro. That one was fucking horrifying when I was a kid, man. A thousand percent. I remember one where Freddie Prince Jr. was in it too. I'm pretty sure he was. Um, he, was uh, a, he was a ghost and didn't know it, and his sister told him, "Like, dude, you died in a car accident years ago." <laughs> There was uh, Ryan Gosling was in one too. That's right. The cl- the clown one. Oh, that's right. This show was bomb, dude. It really was. It's on Paramount Plus for anybody who wants to go down trip down uh, nostalgia road because it's uh there actually were some real bangers on that show that like kind of still hold up. Do you guys remember the soup one? Yes, with, ne- with Nev Campbell. Yeah, where it's like he like the fear is what makes the soup taste good or something. <laughs> There was always like there was the Nosferatu one I remember um, with the movie theater, the vampire. Um, yeah, that one was pretty good. The prom night one too. Yes, there's a oh, fuck. I'm trying to remember. Uh, there was the one in the mall, the pinball one that was. Yes. Yep. Uh, ooh. there was the one with the pool. The pool one, that was actually a pretty good uh it was like the skeleton, right? Yeah, like it, it was coming to get yeah, I forget now. There was a pirate one too. Are they the same one? Was um <laughs> who was the guy who was in The Last King of Africa? The main character. He won an Academy Award for it. Oh, um You're talking about the Last King of Scotland? Yes, that's what it was. Uh Forrest Whitaker. Yes. Was he uh, in that episode? I don't think so. Uh, I'm I'm googling Forrest Whitaker. Are you afraid of the dark right now? Oh wait, there's a search. Yeah, I, he might have been in. Are you afraid of the dark? Um, I feel like we went to high, uh. Jesus, oh, a, a light show oh no, it's not was him. Also in there. It's not him. It says not Forrest Whitaker. <laughs> 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 yeah, oh, apparently, good. apparently some people have the same idea it's uh it's a season four episode one called the tale of cutter's treasure and it is not for his <laughs> but it does look like him though charles c dutton that's who it charles is. c dutton he was an alien three yes I remember him from that it's 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 insane to me. There was only thirteen episodes of the show. Oh no! Wait, no, no. There were seven no, there's, seasons. There's, there's a lot. There's, there's a lot. Like there's like sixty episodes. Yeah, no, no, there's, there's more. There's Holy a lot. Shit. Oh yeah. Sorry. Um, Sorry oh, but that. they included the revival season as well in there. So there's sixty-five total episodes of yeah, what we remember when we were kids. Laughing in the dark is with Zebo the clown. I remember that one was pretty good. Where they steal his his nose. Uh, from the <laughs> carnival, uh, Midnight Madness. That's the one. Dead Man's Float. Yeah, that one. Dead that one. Float. That one was pretty sick, man. Because that that villain like was actually pretty cool. Like I, I'm surprised they actually had that a pretty good level of production on that one. 
This show was sick. It really was. It like when I was a kid, it was like it the best because like you know. The only horror movies I was allowed to watch when I was a kid was like if I went to my aunt and uncle's house and they'd be like, you want to watch Jason? Yeah, that's fine. Let's do that. Yeah, boot it up. Well, you want to watch Nightmare on Elm Street? Let's do it. And like, you know, but like my mom was like, you're you're not watching that shit. Oh, shit. The tale of the vacant lot. <laughs> I don't remember that one. <laughs> it was a monkey paw episode. <laughs> hmm. Now I'm gonna have to go through here and look at all the people. Oh, it it's a lot of really like like people who went on to be very popular. Like I mean, right off the hat, like Nev Campbell, Ryan Gosling. Uh, was for was for I don't remember that Freddie Prince Jr. one you were talking about. Oh, the ghastly grinner. That's the one we were talking about. That yeah. one fucking was Gilbert Gottfried was in the same episode. Oh my god, Gosling! Here was this clown. Um, I'm gonna have to look for this one. Um, I don't oh, the Silent was... Servant was fucking super scary with the Scarecrow. I don't think I saw that one. I remember the one where they're playing like tag in the graveyard. Do you guys remember that one? Or they're playing like I don't. There's so many of them that are just like I have a picture of them. The vampires Dude, next a, door. Elisha Cuthbert was in here. Like that's Another so one. wild to me. To, to oh, I remember this one. Silent Servant. I remember this one. Yeah, that was a freaky one. Yeah, that fucking yo, that scarecrow was like. Was a scary scarecrow. It's pretty, bro. It's pretty fucking it's scary, fucking, man. Yeah, it really creeped me out. I did not like scarecrows for a while. <laughs> well, I, I also associated scarecrows with um, what's that? Medieval creepers. So that like yeah. also. Yeah. Did you all ever watch the Goosebumps show too? Yeah, I did. Yes, that I didn't not like as, it as much. Not as prominent for me. I want to say that. Because I, I used when I was a kid, I read the books. Like I was all about those books. Um, the don't go to sleep one fucked with me. <laughs> don't go to sleep. I feel like that's not a good topic for to give children. Like now they're not going to sleep. I remember the the ventriloquist dummy one. <clears throat> yeah, uh, that's a classic. Go, I don't remember the don't go to sleep. Let me look that one up. Oh yeah. Yeah, again, it was just like for us, it was like, you know, horror that we were able to, con- we were allowed to consume. Yeah. Let's see. Welcome to the Dead House. Stay out of the basement. That one was pretty Stay out of the me. basement. Yep. The Night of the yeah. Living Dummy. That was shout, shout out to R.L. Stein, by the yeah. way. Yeah. Well, I think R.L. Stein was like a group of writers no it's one person robert lawrence did he have people ghostwriting for him probably because they had all those branch off stories too right like they also had like the make your own ending one um but he wrote the original i used to see how how few pages i had to read to get to the end (laughs) the night at terror tower terror tower dang son I remember these so well, man. Yeah, Ryan Gosling. The shrunken head. Oh, oh God. man. This is just like pure nostalgia. It's amazing. I used to read those all the time. 
I'm not going to lie. I might go to the library and see if there's any of these books floating around. It's not a, I mean, like, I don't remember them being like spectacular, spectacular books, but like, I, I guarantee I'll, I'll remember like key moments of it. I'm actually going to look on Amazon and see if they have anything because. Oh, you better. Yeah, man. Welcome to Dead House is 128 pages. I can get through that in an afternoon. You can buy like you the first 10 probably books. Could do it. You could probably do it in like two hours because it's such a base grade reading level that like you'll be flipping through pages. Are you There's calling a- me smart, Gato? <laughs> uh, don't ever say don't you, ever call me smart. You seem like someone who probably doesn't read on a first grade reading level <laughs> anymore. Look, motherfucker, I'm, <laughs> I'm based, all right? Okay, groomer. <laughs> Dude, who is that? Who, who's that scoundrel? Who is that guy? I don't know. You guys, James you guys Lindsay. make celebrities out of like people on Twitter. <laughs> no fucking clue who they are. Okay, groomer. Um, it's 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 uh, conceptual James, uh, aka James Lindsay, who just got back onto Twitter. He was suspended. Oh. We're gonna. Be, I'm gonna talk about him later, so okay. I don't want to go too much into him. But he right. uh, he was actually um, he was actually banned from Twitter for using the term "OK Groomer" constantly. And then, obviously, the great, great awakening. Thank you to Elon Musk. He is he is back, back to his old ways. Wait, didn't you guys see the data though? Like Twitter is booming right now. As I've also been told that comedy is back too, but I don't know if that's true. now. Yes, he. I've been he laughing keeps, more. He keeps saying that engagement is up and like people are active users is up, and that's great. But how does that translate to profit? Because it seems like people advertisers are not coming back. Because it's not. It's just that it's a statement that's positive, and he's right. hoping you won't. It's hoping. It's pure hopium. <laughs> he's such, he's such a fucking idiot, man. He's he a really great is. salesman. He's a very good salesman. I, do I, you do yourself a favor and go to Elon Musk's Twitter account, and you can now search tweets, right? And like, just just search at Elon Musk. Please invent. And you'll see incredible stuff that people are expecting him. One person asked him to invent laundry that never has to be folded or ironed. Um, one person they already asked have him. <laughs> one person asked him to create a hammer with a camera inside. They already have that. <laughs> I, I we were talking about this the other day, Gato. That like the phone this phone because he because the the big story coming out is obviously apple apparently has threatened him that they will remove uh twitter from the store and i I mean he's not really even giving info why i'm guessing it's a lot due to like hate speech and stuff like that and there's a reason why parlor is not on on their platforms true social is though yeah well do they have do they have terms and agreements? Or Maybe terms and yeah. services. You that... also have to be invited to True Social too. That's a good point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, the, you know, it's funny because Elon thinks to think he the way he's been talking is that like Apple needs him, <laughs> and it's interesting because Fortnite was banned off of uh, Apple, and that was making a lot of fucking money. And he's talking a lot about like the 33% that Apple takes. And I actually think that's a good conversation because Apple does take a lot of money away from its creators, uh, the people, you know, hosting stuff on there. So I, I do think that's actually a good conversation to have. It's just the wrong person to be fucking having it. But Rotten Apple, um, baby. 
Yeah. So, I mean, anyway, with him, like, he just doesn't seem to have a plan here. He's just kind of like, I don't know if you guys think that he's got some other. What do you think we know his plan? (laughs) Well, because he's. he's I I feel like I have more of an idea of what Kanye is going to do next than what he's. Yeah, that's a good point. Because, like, he's talking about inventing another phone, and I'm like, yeah, the phone's that's going to fucking blow up in your fucking pocket. But, like, when he says things like this, like, I don't know. Like, does he just lack the ability these days to, like, think critically of, like, the markets? Like, no one's leaving their, no one's leaving their iPhone for the Tesla phone or whatever phone this, that. The Elon phone Musk that will never it. exist, Gato. The, the 42069 series. <laughs> like, you'll no pay, one's... you'll pay a $600 fucking fee to maybe get the phone. Dogephone. Dogephone. It's just gonna. All it's gonna do is mine crypto. It's all it's gonna do. The thing is, though, is (laughs) all of the investors that he has with both Tesla and SpaceX, and I'm sure that there are other people that hold stake in Twitter. They're probably pulling their fucking hair out right now because you just need the CEO to run one of these multi-billion-dollar companies well. And right now, none of them are. I wonder, like, it's just so weird to me that Chase, J.P. Morgan Chase, uh, agreed to bankroll this, uh, bankroll Tesla. And I feel like there's something down the line that says that if he fails to meet certain metrics, they're just going to take it from him. And they're just going to put their own CEO inside of it. And that's why they don't care. You know, and that's why they're, they they're going to be it. able to buy. They're going to be get all that sweet government money that Tesla gets. And the thing is, too, is that it's not like you're replacing a founder. You're replacing the guy who bought Tesla from the founders. He didn't invent anything. He just hired the people to do it. And the whole thing with Elon and Tesla, it's a, an incredible marketing campaign. It's not necessarily yeah. him creating anything new because all that shit was already there. I yep. mean. Like, I think he's, I, I have always said he's like, a, he was a really good salesman until he started like, you know, tripping over his own ego. We started believing that he was actually a genius too. Yeah. Like he, he was smart. like from, from what I gather of early Elon, like he, he's smart enough to understand like the over, like the, the thousand foot or the 10,000 foot overview of what, what, the business or system or engineering is doing, but like, you know, he, and he, he has a knack for seeing opportunity, but like, that's kind of where it ends. And then his ego is taken over from there. And honestly, it's like, what, what are these guys on, man? They, they get to a certain point of fame and fortune and they just lose their shit. Is there just a number? Is there a number of which your, your bank account gets to, and then you just become a megalomaniac? I I think he's just a person who wants to be liked a lot. And he thought, he thought if he bought Twitter, impress his dad. I I, I say daddy issues are a a long part of what these, sometimes sometimes these guys do what they do. Everyone, everyone, everyone out there has some sort of parental hangups that make them do the things they do. Everyone. By the That's way, the uh, that picture that he shared uh, earlier of the diet, the f- caffeine-free diet cokes and the guns. By the way, that gun not real. Which Wait, one? What? There were two of them. There's a George Washington <laughs> gun, which is real. 
Mm-hmm. And then there's that big fucking revolver. Not real. So for those who hadn't seen it this morning, um, Elon Musk had posted a picture of his bedside night table. Yeah. Night table and it's just basically what you'd think like the big college- divorce guy. Energy. Yeah. So a handful of like empty Coke, Cola, caffeine free cans, a gun that doesn't have Wait. a trigger on it. And sugar free Coca Cola? No, no, it's, it's the one in the Coke. gold case. It's Diet Coke. It's the oh, one it is the- Diet Coke. Yeah. It's yeah, the yeah. Gold Dude, there's something can. in the Diet Coke that makes people become maniacs. I've never seen a thin person drink Diet Coke. Actual <laughs> Trump tweet, by the way. So <laughs> it's just it blows my Diet mind. Coke. Yeah, that's what I'm, that's what's so funny about it. <laughs> and he loves that shit too. He literally fucking tweeted that one time. I've never seen a thin person drink Diet Coke before. <sighs> the the people at Coca Cola are very mad at me right now. It doesn't matter. I'll keep drinking that garbage. <laughs> fucking, fucking Diet Coke. But I yeah, lo- I mean, I it's it. just. Like, why would you? I'm not even going to ask the question. Why would you post that? But also, too, like, is he LARPing as a fucking Blade Runner? <laughs> I, I I looked at that gun and I'm like, that's a weird looking gun. And I'm like, I, I didn't really like look at it that far. But then I remember I saw somebody had said like that's like it's like a uh, Dezux, uh the video game like it's like a replica of a video game gun. Yeah. And I'm like, I looked at it and I, and I saw there's no fucking trigger on it. And I'm like, this fucking nerd. I'm like, he can't even like, like, I'm like, I'm thinking he's like putting it out there of like, I'm a cool conservative. With, look at my big gun and my Diet Cokes. Isn't that always just like the divorced dad philosophy that like, oh, I'm on my own now. I sleep with a gun on my nightstand. It's someone, like, who some, is going to come after you? Like, you're three. You're worth three hundred billion it's all those dollars. People Honestly, that are serving serving him papers for his divorce. You know, <laughs> if anybody made, breaks into your house and you're worth three hundred billion dollars, you should buy more than just a fucking like. It's for all that alimony pistol. that he's got to pay that he hasn't paid because he's not liquid enough. Someone uh, shared a meme with the it's like the Simpsons episode where Millhouse's dad um, gets it's divorced and he's like he's like I bed. sleep in a race car bed. What are you doing? Homer's like I sleep in a big bed with my wife. <laughs> He's got he is he just reeks of divorce guy. Yeah. I mean, and I'm looking at his Twitter feed right now, and of course, like Lex Friedman is here. Apple should support free speech. Like, what a fucking dork. God. I, I really think Apple is considering getting rid of Twitter just because they saw the number of engineers that got fired, and they're like, this is probably going to be a really dangerous app to have on here because someone's going to hack it and it's going to be like walking through a revolving door. By the way, Lex Friedman's a giant cuck. Just yeah. putting it out there. That Kanye West interview where he's like, yeah, horrible. It's, it's horrible. Cool. He literally says to his face, like, I don't like you because you're Jewish. And he's just like, that hurts me, Kanye. Like, I really respect you. And it's like, you fucking loser. So, um, did you guys see the picture I shared? Apparently, the big, the big thought masters of 2022, guys. I Kanye, think... Milo, Nick Fuentes, uh, Dream Team. Uh, I thought you were gonna say, "Did you see the picture of the big hat?" And I was like, "Oh yeah." <laughs> well, I... no, the the big hat is awesome. That's a we'll, good. Thing. We'll get back to that one. Let's let's go back Bri- to the Kanye, Brian Robinson, big hat, love it. Big hat energy, baby. 
But I love the 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 Mina Kimes question though. Is there a smaller hat underneath that bigger hat? Is it like nesting hats, like I, Russian nesting doll hats? That's a fucking great question. I need to know now. And if not, can we design that? Partnership. You'll it's probably, where it's where Carson Wentz's contract is hidden. You'll end all... up with like a compacted like you know <laughs> neck because of it, but you'll end up with a uh, fucking what's his name's neck. Um, Former Giants quarterback. I thought you were just going to say Mike Lennon like, neck. Mike Lennon neck. Yeah. Lennon neck. Um, you mean so... it's going to spring like the minute <laughs> <laughs> you take off the hat? It's like a, pe- it's like a Pez dispenser. Like... <laughs> Maybe it's like a Pez dispenser, and then like underneath it, you just pull it up, and it goes, and it gives you. A and another candy. hat comes out. <laughs> and, it's where you store your other hats. There yeah. you go. Perfect. So um, it's a hat safe. So, what are you guys' thoughts about this? Because apparently, Kanye brought these guys to trump trump's claiming he doesn't know who nick fuentes is um obviously very convenient after it comes out nick fuentes is a holocaust denier wait hang on a second it's not like nick fuentes is like new to the scene he is someone who's a very prominent yeah no i wouldn't say he's a agitator He's a goon. But I, I don't i don't know if trump would know who he is in the same way that trump didn't know who david duke was that was a no. That was <laughs> that's different. I mean, Nick, Nick Fuentes is a fuck. It's small time. He's real small time. The not if you're a neo Nazi. No, well, he's got a base. That's for sure. They're called Groypers. If you're not aware of that. Oh, I'm f- very Wait, familiar rumors? with those losers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much the same thing, Gato. Um, bunch of incels that are 25 year old, never t- felt the touch of a woman before. Um, which he's confirmed, by the way. He was uh he was he was had an interview with some fucking other goon for a Trump pro Trump goon. She was like, "Have you ever been in a relationship with a woman?" And he goes, "Well, I, I have a mother, and like I know I I deal with her, so I know what women are all about." All right, Norman. <laughs> he's a he's a, he's a, so uh, yeah. So I I find it funny though because um, aside from being a Holocaust denier, um, Nick Fuentes also has basically said that segregation was a good thing and we should go back to it. And, uh, has basically said like that he, he is, he is pro white ethno state, which basically means all black Jewish Indian, whatever name, name another person that's not white Anglo-Saxon. You got to go. You gotta wait. Is it he is doesn't it just you gotta to go, or is it? Oh, it's it's either you either go back to your own country, quote unquote, or we'll just take care of you. He's yeah. denied that the gas chambers at at like you know the the uh, concentration camps why have do, existed. Why do people even give this guy any airtime, any credence? Like they don't typically pay any attention to him yeah, they don't typically a... but now that kanye has brought him on as an advisor to his 2024 campaign yay 2024 um i just find it funny though that kanye either doesn't know who this guy really is or and like milo by the way also um was calling kanye gay a couple months ago and saying that he's a repressed homosexual con gay con gay <laughs> I, I I want your thoughts, guys. What do you think about uh, the, the dream team? Kanye has a serious is going through a serious mental health episode, and these are the people who now know that they can exploit him. Also, 
Milo Yiannopoulos now back on the radar and functioning again in society is something I did not have on the 2022 bingo card. Do you hear about he's no longer gay? Oh. He went to conversion therapy and he's no longer gay, guys. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Awesome. (laughs) And I'm I'm assuming he also bought his Joseph Goebbels outfit in the gift shop on his way out. Um, But I mean, like, what is there to say? Kanye's going through something. Um, Pete Davidson broke him. And um, the fact that he is he is shacked up with now Milo Yiannopoulos and Nick Fuentes. These are the two worst people that you want to take advice from on anything. And again, they're seeing it as an opportunity to just drain money from him, Mm. bring their own clout into the game. And they're going to. You know, when things fall apart, they'll abandon him and Kanye will be flat on his ass on the street and they're going to be, you know, living large. It's actually an opinion I share there is that I actually kind of feel bad for Kanye because he is going through clearly a mental episode and he's got clearly nobody good by his side who's like trying to help him. Not that I think he would take it at this point. And he's always been kind of that way. But like, I actually do feel bad because they are using and abusing him very much so. it's it's interesting that he picked these two like they're just well-known kind of um social agitators like and i think that they're more that than they are anything else like it's a whole bit to them mm-hmm. that gets them notoriety and that's why they are who they are they are massive trolls and i think that there's a recognition of being surrounded by some of the best trolls in the game you're going to be able to troll people pretty hard because you can get their playbook right and here's the thing i know you guys are feeling bad for kanye for all of this but i feel like he had he had at times people that probably said to him hey you need some help we can do this now and figure it out and he dismissed them all over and over and over again. And I bet he alienated the people that were trying to get him help for so long. And at a certain point, I can't feel bad for you anymore, regardless of what, what, what's going on, because you're because you've become way too arrogant to allow people to help you see reality. Yeah. I think um, feeling bad is kind of like the wrong Maybe that's not necessarily the right term to use, but yeah, I I I think anybody, Gato, to your point, could have seen this train wreck from not like a mile away, but from a full fucking county away, and they knew this was happening. This was like Elon jumping on a rocket ship. It's like, oh yeah, instead of just like the ignition switch, we just have like a stick of dynamite attached to the the gas tank, and we're gonna see what happens. Um, and. I do wonder, to your point, Gatto, what those conversations were like with the people that were like on the normalcy side of the spectrum, having the conversation with Kanye, like, yo, man, if you go down this road, it's there's there's no coming back. Like if you align yourself with provocateurs and neo-Nazis who believe some very specific things about how history has gone down but also very specific things about you as a person of color. There is no real coming back from that. Like you're not going to have like people like welcoming you, welcoming you back with open arms. And he was just like, fuck him. I don't care. 
So, I mean, I guess we're going full, like, whatever it takes mode, but... I mean, unless he's just trying to get out of the public eye by any means necessary, and the best way to do this is to get to the point where people are just sick of you and they just start ignoring you to help. Oh, like, his, his narcissism would never allow that. You don't think? I mean, there's no. like an offshoot chance that he just wants to be left alone for the rest of his life. No, because he doesn't it, want fame anymore. And the best way to do that is to become such a pariah that people would rather just like avoid you and not look at you than anything else. I, I don't think his narcissism would allow that. Um, but like more importantly, though, I think with with him is that like he's he's gone on breaks before where he just like doesn't tweet, doesn't post anything, doesn't put any music out. Um, I feel like he needs that relevance. And I, I, he, I'm telling you, Pete Davidson broke him. Uh, I would argue it was Kim Kardashian. And Pete Davidson is just the extension of his anger and frustration at a failing relationship and marriage. And all 10 inches of that anger and frustration <laughs> at a failing marriage. You're my wife. Fucking just white boy with 10 inches. Every time that he gets mad about it, it grows 10 inches bigger. The dick just got 10 inches longer. longer. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you all how do you all see yay 2024 going do you give me like God, i'll give you a couple I options he, i hope he's on the his slogan is going to be cut pete davidson's dick off so so how long do you up, think i'm gonna lock gonna pete davidson up immediately do you think um, this is gonna go like six months do you think it's gonna go 12 months do you think it's gonna go like 18 it's gonna, months it's gonna go out like longer far. it's gonna be longer it's it's gonna it's gonna go out like a wet fart. No one's gonna care. Just yeah. like he got sixty thousand votes last time, sixty thousand total. Did he actually run though? Um, I no, he no, he he uh, he. I think he forgot to file the paperwork. So he like he never. I don't. He, I think he was a write in. I think he was on certain ballots. I think he was on like, um. Montana's ballot or something like all like the weird like, like no all of the like, all of the unserious states. Vermont. Yeah. yeah, no one gives a shit, and like a lot of people wrote him in, but like you know it's completely unserious people. So now with why even bother waiting in line to vote? Sorry, I would never. No, 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 you're do good. That. To, 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 to write in that. like that or like Bodie McBoatface or whatever else. <laughs> and people some people are like gonna write in Kanye. Some people are gonna write in Gay. So it's not gonna count. <laughs> It's not Imagine gonna... sitting in a line in Atlanta for like six and a half hours when it's like raining and you're cold and wet and hungry, only to be like Kanye 2024. And you're you're sitting online going to the wire. <laughs> Flashing lights, lights. <laughs> I don't oh. think he's put out enough music for you to stand in line for six hours. You but might but Tom, he made graduation. I mean, maybe maybe his whole like thing will be he'll he'll release an album to like oh, campaign God. on. <laughs> like my, like when he gives campaign speeches, he's just like, "I plan to make America harder, better, faster, stronger." <laughs> <laughs> it's just concerts. Like he's like, "Vote yay, twenty twenty four. <laughs> That's exactly what he does. He's doing. But you're still gonna have to pay for the Donda listening system, though. You oh can't god. just like oh, listen. The, oh god, that fucking piece of shit. Is that is that haptic listening enabled? I don't I, know, but they sew it into your eyeballs. So the oh, so it's the peripheral. 
Yeah. <laughs> Except you're just basically living in a Kanye music video, and it's like, how the fuck do I get out of here? And where's my health care? <laughs> it's that Kanye video with him and Lil Pump where they're wearing the big the fucking giant plan? suits. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna partner with Elon on the Neuralink. It's just gonna be it's just gonna play Donda two in your head, fucking until you go insane. You wake up to Donda, 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 <laughs> Donda, Donda, Donda. So we've talked about the Kanye Fuentes Ianopolis perspective. What about from the Donnie perspective? Do you buy that all of the tweets that he put out, like telling Kanye not to run for president? Uh, they were truths, Tom. They were oh, tweets. Sorry, they were, they were sorry. I'm going they to were... say that that was probably the more accurate version of that story. I bet he did. I bet he I don't think he knew who Nick Fuentes is. I'm gonna believe him that he doesn't know who Nick Fuentes is, but I'm sure he knew who Milo Small was. Potatoes. So. Of course, he definitely knows who Milo is. He says right. like an advisor that like I think Marge's he, advisor. I think he's talking no, I think he's talking about Milo when he says somebody I haven't seen in a while. So I think he I think he's referencing he knows who Milo is. But he said he does I believe him when he said he doesn't know who Nick Fuentes is. Nick Fuentes is fucking like he's small potatoes. Like he's I, I hate actually that they're covering him on CNN because it's like all you're doing is giving him yep. more fucking a microphone. Know, yeah, exactly. Um, but and I believe him that he was like telling him like, oh, this guy's very smart. But like he saw like they they were they probably showed him like a lot of tweets of like him saying that gas chambers didn't exist. And he was like, oh, OK, I don't know this guy. Um, After he just received like a an award from zoa and apac and all that shit and like and by the way nick fuentes was not a like loyalist to trump like he said that he has he he's too kind to jewish people yes and like obviously did not care for his son-in-law being involved um fuentes and... is the big america first guy yes in the same I... way that charles Lindbergh was an america's first guy. yeah <laughs> i i'm very confused about this guy because he's, he's hispanic day... he's hispanic yeah, so like mm -hmm. he doesn't even fit into his own idea of like the future of America. My understanding is he's of Mexican descent. He is white, right? by the way. He yeah. is white. If you ever seen a picture of the guy, he's a white kid. Um, yes, but he does clearly have um Mexican ancestry. I, I've never understood like these people that want to pave the way for it's like, funny a because... world that does that doesn't like <laughs> include them like, right like because like do you this? think that they're gonna give you a pass when if this was to come to pass you could like... be the leader of it like that was the whole idea too with like with with um hitler didn't even fall into his like own Air definition yeah. of like an aryan super race like the master race yeah it's so dumb yeah you're not gonna be the first one out but like you'll you'll be out eventually He'll be he'll be the first one that they like dump off the side of the ship. <laughs> yeah. They, they they'll probably just like, you know, like black bag him, throw like take him across the border and say, get going. You get this instead of like getting the firing squad. Yeah. And I it's funny that you mentioned that um that even by like the most purest of standards that the Nazis used, so many of them were actually did not fall within that criteria. Many of them are not from like Bavaria or they were not from like the uh, Birches Garden or any of like the, the homeland of like the Nazi ideology. 
But in many cases, they were just like, no, no, I identify as this now, so it's cool. But I wonder if this goes back to something that had me freaking out all weekend. And that was the people that lack an internal dialogue. And there could be 50 to 70% of people out there lacking internal dialogues. When you mean internal dialogue, though, what, what is your definition of an internal dialogue? So can I answer this, Gato? Yes, please. Remember your friend at the gym, Q, who keeps talking about. Um... By the way, avoided me ever since the election. <laughs> He he sees me and he just does like he knows who you are. He saw how you voted. He's like you fucking communist. <laughs> so, what was there anything going through your mind when that individual was speaking to you? Okay, I I get you what you mean. Yeah, That's your internal dialogue. Yeah, no, I have one that yeah. you know of. I'm thinking. Like, I'm thinking right now. Stop thinking that because I also <laughs> read minds and that's horrible. No. <laughs> Um, HR is going to hear about this cue. <laughs> are, are there people that really don't have, like, even like in really? So one one person on there gave an account in which they actually was they were a victim of um, an act of violence, and they had lost the ability for months after getting out of the hospital, and it really upset them because they were aware of it and. When they finally started getting it back, it was such a like huge relief because they could only be like, they could only be kind of like in, they were present in the moment, but they were like only able to really react to their environment in certain ways. Like you could still have a conversation and talk and stuff, but like it's all driven off of the environmental, like stimulus. Now I have another one to, to another question to blow your mind. Does your internal dialogue have your voice, or is it just a generic voice? That was a that was another thing that people brought up was uh, it's whether Tim or not Cook's voice. Yeah, some people <laughs> some people say that their voice can change like tone and. Mine's more generic. I don't think I think in my voice. Like it's just more of like, like uh, you know, making checklists and shit. That's a component of like cognitive behavioral therapy, though. That if you're able to change the voice in your head around like certain anxieties or things that bother you, mm -hmm. you actually can minimize their impact on like your day to day. Like if you have like a sense of fear of like flying, mm -hmm. you can adjust the voice that's saying like you're afraid of flying and make it sound like Millhouse from The Simpsons uh -huh. or. Um, I was just thinking Australia. John Denver. Just make it funny. John Denver or somebody <laughs> along those lines where – Too soon? Hit... <laughs> He's been dead for 20 years. The plane has crashed. Get over it. <laughs> Take a McConaughey. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. All right, all right. Fly. Get on this plane. I bet you like wish this plane was a Lincoln. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm going to drink this whiskey. Or bourbon. I think it's bourbon. It's all the same. But, yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> – that's the that's the kind of like philosophy around that. And honestly, I couldn't imagine myself without an internal dialogue because I don't know where any of my personal anxiety would come from if I didn't have my own brain reminding me of how anxious I am about fucking everything. Well, so the, there's another here's another question about this. Do, can you um, can you picture things in your mind if you were to recall them? Like if I was to say can right now think of 
think of your like mother's face or something. Can you imagine it and see it? You know, like apparently there's people that can't do that. And then there's other people that's all they can do is think in pictures. All they can do is think in images. I can and, think better with like scenarios, like situationally, I can think of something specifically rather than like a stagnant picture. I can envision something off of memory. Yes, it's a still frame, but I have a better job. I have a better ability to remember like certain situations that we've been in. Once, once I start, like if I'm working on a project, once I can like start to visualize the like components or something to what I'm building in some sort of system or workflow, then I can actually really start seeing it come together and making things come together. Provides more comfort too, right? There's so much more like, context and detail yeah. I can put like zero in on. Yeah. So what are these people who can't do any of this shit do? Are they just like serial killers? How does this work? I don't know. I want to call them dog brains, but I feel like that would be really fucked up. Um, I don't, and this is I don't what know. percentage of people? So it could be 70 up to 70%. No way. 50 to 70% was no what this, way. this online fact that was going viral. I think it was on Instagram uh, the other day. It, it might not be accurate. I can't imagine it's that prevalent. So at the same time, though, I want to say that there's probably plenty of people out there that can do plenty of normal things and they're fine without it. And someone even commented on there. They're like, I'm actually an ex I'm excellent at doing these certain tasks that other people aren't. And I remember watching like one of those like cooking contests and there was a contestant that when she tried to explain things, it came out in like she would make sounds like using like alliterative sounds to explain things. And I'm like, I bet she thinks in sounds. You know what I mean? I've had experiences that have made me like you know taste shapes and things like that how high were you at this time uh this was this was <clears throat> probably pretty high yeah the answer is yes <laughs> yes these, these these were uh yeah college yes or no senator <laughs> <laughs> you i'm gonna remind you gato you are under oath right now can't lie our listeners will take that Look, seriously. it's not my fault i dab this little piece of paper on my tongue okay <laughs> i'm still getting flashbacks <laughs> i watched doom on that and that was not fun doom Wait. or dune doom oh. And and the monsters the are coming out of the, the TV. Oh, the, oh, the rock! Yeah. Oh god, that movie's <laughs> terrible. It was just on TV in the room I was sitting in, <laughs> and I was like, "This is not. This is not conducive to You're this in the wrong room, my friend." But yeah, I mean, I think there's something certainly interesting to to understand, like how people process and how it. Fear is triangles, mind. by the way. Say it again. Fear is triangles, by the way. <laughs> thinking, feeling, doing? Yeah, I don't know. They were triangles at the time. One person that I met in my life told me that I, that I process things in triangles. Interesting. You? Yeah. You do? Thinking, feeling, doing. Interesting. Because, like, every, like, you know, everyone always talks about the power of three. And I feel like there's a lot of good balance between threes. And I was just making a joke. I really don't actually recall that triangles tasted like fear. But um, 
<laughs> we might want to explore that more in a later episode, but continue. <laughs> but um, that actually, but but I also look at like three, and I also say that um, three also has a lot to do with a if there's like like a logical understanding of that in a lot of things like it's a foundational like you can't there's like it's the only thing that actually it's the bare minimum for structure there's always structure with three right you always have like input output and process right to get from one to the other so i understand if you do things in threes that sounds like a very balanced approach and you are a pretty balanced individual so i would get where that makes a lot of sense that you do things in a structured format that involve three because it's efficient and yet it maintains a good structure class as you do things. Does that? It's very deep, but thank you. No, I mean, it makes sense. And I kind of took it as like a one-off like remark, but the more I thought about it, the more interested I was in how that ultimately how like my brain processes stuff. And I think everyone's got kind of their own way of doing it. It's just, how are they processing it? Are they processing it through thought, through the feeling that generates in their body or um, like what the action they could do to resolve it? And I think that just goes back to like how people are able to explain things like that person that you mentioned, you said that they used a lot of sounds to articulate what they were experiencing. People do that with like hand gestures and facial recognition and things like that. So we all process stuff and explain it in our own way. It's just how well the people that you're sharing that information with, how well they interpret that. And I think in some cases we fall into the trap of talking in ways that make sense to us, but don't make sense to other people. Oh, big time. Shift gears too hard here. Did you know the Matt Rule contract was had has come out? You want to take a guess? I don't know if you've seen it. Oh, poor Nebraska. Is it eight years for 80? It is eight years. It's not 80, though. It's very close. Eight years, 74 mil. Wow. Um, I need to be Matt fucking Rule, man. I I really don't know how he does it. I that don't. man has finessed more money in the last two years than anybody. And he got a nice payday from Baylor, too, by the way. He made a lot yeah. of money off of them. Yeah. And honestly, I think Temple, for those who are not familiar, Matt Rule, former Carolina Panthers head coach, fired midway through the season, is now been named the head coach of the Nebraska Cornhuskers football team taking more money from a helpless fan base. It's so desperate for something. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I don't know how he does it. And frankly, Temple was a good example of his ability to coach and recruit talent because they were pretty good while he was there, but they were not great. Goes to Baylor, has a pretty successful couple years off of the Art Bryles fiasco that happened there. But if you think about it, though, Baylor is a pretty good place to coach with not a ton of expectation because you catch a lot of the, the stray Texas recruits that can't get into Austin or A&M. I'm going to def- defend Matt Rule here, and I'm going to say that 
the temple job, sure, you know, whatever. He did a nice job. The record, you know, you can see it in, in two years, vast difference, and actually made them a winner. Um, the Baylor job, you you hit it right on the head. Art Bryles, like that was a very toxic situation to where a lot of people, like parents didn't want to send their kids there. Yep. And the fact that he was able still to recruit top prospects there and turn them into a winner um, is pretty impressive. I think he'll do a good job in Nebraska, but he's just like, he's not an NFL coach. Like there's, there's like, we've seen it over and over again, even with fucking Saban, we've seen it to where it's like, sometimes these guys are like just really good at recruiting, bringing in kids and like getting them to buy in. And then there's a totally different being like an NFL head coach. These are grown men with, getting paid for these jobs and it's like you have to be able to sell grown men on this compared to like high school you know straight out of high school kids my hesitation with the nebraska job though is it's like, like a more of like a means to an end for him mm-hmm. where i'm not saying that he needs to have like undying loyalty to his team and i don't think any coach should have but i don't think nebraska as a university has that same approach. They're looking for another Tom Osborne who's going to be there for like 25 years. And I think they are going to be upset when he's gone after four and takes the university of Miami job or the university of Florida job when that opens up again. Um, or even probably Texas because <laughs> I, yeah, I, well, I mean, yes and no, because at the same time, I feel like they're looking for somebody who's going to change the culture there and bring in the right people. And ultimately, if he leaves and they but they can hire someone that, you know, is kind of part of that same tree or at least have a established a couple years of winning to where they can kind of bank on that to hire somebody else. Um, I don't know if necessarily they'd be that upset about it um, comparably to like. You know, I, I know they p- would prefer a lifer, but sometimes those lifers, man, it gets stale after like year five and they just they can't sell it anymore. But like it also helps, too, if they went to school there, too. And I don't know. It's, where rule and it, uh, I think he's a Carolina kid. Is he not? Checking. He's from New York. Is he? Oh, wow. Yeah. New York. He did coach for the Giants for a while. He went to Penn State. Of course he fucking did. And he went to Buffalo. Hmm. Well, either way. Is Buffalo America's new heartland? It's America's um Is it just chicken wing capital of the world, Gatto? So yes, it's America's heartland. And they've also had the more table broken there than any other place in the country. Yeah, there's a serious plastic table sad. deficit in that state or in that city. <laughs> but um, I mean, if you're lifetime looking at tables, do not last a lifetime. No. His temple tenure was two and ten, six and six, ten and four, ten and three. Baylor was one and eleven. That was right off of the Art Bryles shit show, yeah. though. A lot seven of guys and, left. Seven and six and eleven and three. So and then they won that bowl game there. They lost the eleven and three season bowl game. Did they? They lost it uh t- to Georgia twenty six fourteen. I mean that's that's not the worst. You're team gonna to lose, lose to somebody. <laughs> if you're gonna lose to the team, better be Georgia. Um yeah, I'm not I'm I'm kind of more 
bullish. I don't, I don't really like it's Nebraska. It's like fucking cares, but I'm also curious though, you. like how, <laughs> um, what has happened to the recruiting base for Nebraska at large, just given like the, the conference realignment and like recruiting is so nationalized now, like Alabama has no problem flying up to the Midwest and recruiting a four-star athlete up there. Mm -hmm. It's also because when it comes to um, like a team, like they're in the big 10, and you know it's there's just not a lot there, and it's like it's not really a football factory when it comes to like, you know, unless you are Ohio State and Michigan, of course, yeah. There's not much else. It's it's very top heavy. Yes. To where like I can just go a little bit further west and go play in the Pac-12 and go to Oregon or USC and play in cupcake leagues and you know, ultimately end up with a pretty easy path to go get drafted. Like, again, we talked about Bo Nix, right? Played in the SEC, going to Auburn, facing Alabama every year, and now he's mm-hmm. playing in the Pac-12. And it's like, mm, you know, it's having a career year. Uh, I mean, an insane season. So it's a it, it's a tough division. They were three and six this uh, they were they were four and eight this past this so far this year. They're just terrible. But I mean, in the division, Wisconsin just got a new coach, too. Um, Purdue, Illinois, Iowa, Minnesota. It's like it's like you know these are these are tough teams though. These are well coached teams. Like Iowa is one of the, you know in my mind is always one of the most well coached teams. Um, offensive lineman factory. It's tough big boy football. So you need you need to like almost recruit like you're an SEC team, but like you know you're not going to really play like an SEC team. Well, that's how the dynamic changed when Urban Meyer became the coach at Ohio State. He started recruiting like it was an SEC school. And like all of the critique of the Big Ten when they played Florida and Alabama in championship mm-hmm. games was like, these teams are just too slow. Yeah, they, they can't react in the same way that these SEC teams can. When Urban Meyer went to Ohio State, he started recruiting that way and the team started to play like that. But still like your your reference to the conference being so top heavy Ohio State can play like that Michigan can kind of play like that but everybody else is still like slogging out football like if you've watched an Iowa football game I give you a yeah. lot of credit for being that yeah, patient it's boring like a Wisconsin Iowa game is like pull your eyeballs out like rough to watch it's it's a good game if you're trying to if you're trying to find an offensive lineman that you might want to draft like yeah if you love linebackers and linemen that's great that's great to watch but if you're looking for a wide receiver you might want to flip over to like usc so yeah they're in the big they're in the big 10 west so i mean you're talking about purdue and illinois are like the top teams in that division and, and Illinois has been shit for years. This is yeah. the first year in a long time they've been pretty good. But then you go on the East, you got Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, right? All teams that either have one or two losses. And then it's Maryland. And Rutgers. And Rutgers and Michigan State, you know. Yeah. Test terrible team. So, um, yeah, I, I, think it, I think he'll be good. I think he'll be able to get some people uh, there. And, I mean, it's not a very hard division to get to the top of. So I, I think they'll actually probably have a pretty good chance. Um, but, you know, again, we'll see. And the Big Ten championship game is this weekend, and it's Michigan and Purdue. So it's definitely attainable to get at the top of the West. Michigan just fucking destroyed Ohio State this past weekend. 
And like, so, I mean, I, this, if there's any year that Harbaugh is going to, but like, I think there's always a wonder is like, is Harbaugh going to fucking jump back into the NFL one day? If he wins a championship at Michigan, he like accomplished what he wanted to accomplish. Does he stay or does he try and jump back into the NFL and land like a 80 million, $90 million contract? Like, I have so, a thought on that. I think he stays because he can make $90 million now in college. Like you've true. seen it with Brian Kelly. You've true. seen it with all these other guys. Shit, Matt Rule, like eight years, 75. Like, yeah, it's, it's certainly attainable. It's easier too. It's easier. And you also get the control that you want that you mm-hmm. can't really get in the NFL. Yep. And ultimately, college coaches are able to shift a lot more of the blame away to other people than they yep. are to take it. Like yep. Brian Kelly. When he was at Notre Dame, he got away with being able to blame players a lot for just bad coaching. Fucking Brian Kelly. That was the critique that when he went to LSU is that he's not going to be able to get away from that because all the guys LSU has, they're all from Louisiana. And they have family that go to these games. And you can't say that this quarterback blew his coverage because he's not good at football. You won't won't get out of that stadium. Yeah. What the fuck you say? Yeah. Yeah, that was the good, like, Ed Orgeron, I mean, like, love him or hate him, that was the thing about him, it was that he was so, like, willing to take the blame for any type of loss, you know, he'll put it on him rather than putting it on the players, and that's why they loved him, so, um, by the way, Luke Fickle got hired at uh, Wisconsin. Cincinnati Bearcats, man, they were playoff team last year. I'm not saying I'm not saying that I don't like him. I think he probably could have done better than going. Oh, well, yeah, he's gonna get a huge payday though. So, and again, division, it's it's in the it's in the Big Ten West, so it's not it's not out of the realm that he could turn that into a pretty dominant division. And then anything can happen if you're going against Michigan, Ohio State. So, yeah, I mean. Fickle did a really good job at Cincinnati, and I think mm-hmm. it was just he might have waited a little too long at Cincinnati because he had definitely better offers out there. But I think he wanted to stay. If anything, I was I think he was hoping that Ryan Day would get fired for something, and he'd he be might able to go. he might. It's amazing how he, he's going to lose like one game this year, and he's probably he might get fired. Yeah. Uh, you know, I am, I'm curious about that as well. I will say something too. I don't think any of the, the top quarterback prospects, which include CJ Stroud or Bryce Young, I don't think any of them have played particularly well this year. But you saw though that Stroud wanted to go for it and, and Dayton, he coward moved, didn't trust his quarterback to make the play. So, yeah, but all that to be said, like, I would hope that, like they give him a little bit more leeway than a two loss season and fire him that way because you want to be really careful not to be that guy or that that company or that college that they fire a good thing for the hope of something better and that something better ends up being dog shit. I, I think they improved after Urban left too. So they did. Yeah. Do we have a prediction on where Scott Frost is going to land? Is is there is there like a lot of attention on him? Um, I think with Frost, it was interesting how mediocre of a rise he had at Central Florida mm-hmm. and how he took that Nebraska job. I don't think the sheen is worn off of him just yet. I think it was just given the number of people that they've had in Nebraska 
as head coaches since like Bo Pelini. I think it wouldn't, um, it wouldn't shock me though if he has to go back and be like an offensive coordinator somewhere to kind of retool for a year. He's still young enough. He's only 47. I'd be curious to see if he takes the USF job. Isn't that Gruden? Or weren't they saying that for Gruden? Arizona, Arizona State would make sense, by the way, also. ASU would make sense, but nobody's had a good track record there ever. No, because it's a fucking like that that whole area is just like Yeah. You're not getting you're not getting good football out of there. Arizona, ASU, there's just it's it's not worked out for when did, what's here. his name went to Arizona a bunch of years. Everyone thought Rich he was Rodriguez. Turn, yeah, they thought he was gonna turn it around. Just went out there and no one cares. No one yeah. cares about it. So I'll be curious to see if he lands anywhere. He might even just take like the um, the traditional like coach and recovery move and go to Alabama for a year and be like a janitor for them. It worked for uh, Star- Sarkeesian, you know. It worked for Lane Kiffin. It worked for a number of guys. Yeah. So I mean, Sarkeesian fucking built up his profile again, and now Texas is you know third in the Big Twelve. So like. And now, the, and they got fucking Archie. Uh, what's his name? Archie's kid, not Archie. Oh yeah, um, the young Manning. Arch young Manning. Manning. Arch Manning. <laughs> Arch Manning. That's what they call him. Arch. I'll tell you what. If Scott Frost goes to UNC Charlotte, that might be interesting. I don't think it's gonna happen, but mm, I don't know. They're going into. Um, I think they're going into the American Athletic Conference. UNC? Uh, UNC Charlotte. Oh, UNC Charlotte. Let's say, Mike, that's pretty big. AAC was the same conference that um, Scott Frost was in when he was at UCF, too. So It's probably a good conference for him. It's a power six. Yeah. Gatto time. So let's transition. Gatto, uh, Aaron Rodgers. I don't know if you watched the game last night. I wasn't watching actually. Okay, right, I was because so we'll... I I worried that if I watched Jalen uh, hurts Jalen hurts. So so you so you would he would have he was going to beat me. <laughs> so you're adopting the mindset that if I don't watch it, he's not going to beat me. It just would hurt a little less. <laughs> okay, would, that's fair enough. It would okay. hurt a little less. So to give you some context, then I want to get your opinion on this. Aaron Rodgers suffered a rib injury. He's already had a thumb injury this year, and he came out of the game. Jordan Love, the first-round pick for a couple of years ago, um, came in, offense started striking down the field, kept it pretty close. There's a chance he could miss time, but there's also a chance he couldn't, may not miss time. Do you th- do you think that they should make the hard move and move on from Rodgers at this point? I mean, I think. I think we were talking about like he needed to leave or he needed to go do something mm-hmm. well, well before the season even started. Um, well, that's why they hired Hackett in Denver is literally because they thought they were getting Rogers and that's his boy. And then he Crazy. had a moment that was like a little failure to launch, right? He got oh, afraid God. to go anywhere else. And uh, there's like codependency issues with like, you know, it's always Green Bay. Green Bay in there because because it's not it's not it's not run the same way right mm-hmm. as a it's 
what's it's a, what's the technical it's like a, term? It's like a communal team, essentially. It's, it's owned by the the town itself, right? Yeah. Or the, the, it's a, it's a segment of like I think like a like a committee owns it. Yeah. So like it's it's at a political a political level. Like it's it's run by people who are extremely passionate about their team and take serious pride in it. And it's such a different dynamic than a owner who is much more concerned probably with the financials well like the cost of carrying that burden yeah right because it's it's on them right and it's and it and each each move is an investment onto itself of the franchise and if you make too many of those wrong moves you can really sink your franchise and um i wonder if like you know the the problem is like getting out of there is twice as hard because like I feel like it's also like when Favre left, like people were like, you know, it turned really ugly, and I kind of just see the same thing happening again here. Well, they were lucky that they had Rogers at that point, and and you know they got so lucky. Yeah, and Jordan Love, who uh, in his own right was a very good prospect coming out, and he was a first round pick. He's been sitting for I think roughly two years now, three, two, three years. So there has been that period of time, kind of like Rogers got, where he was able to kind of just sit in with a clipboard and watch. For context, Rogers' completion percentage is down four points from last year, and it's six points from two years ago, he has more interceptions already in this season than he has than the last two combined. I mean, he was known for not throwing picks. Right. That was his nine interceptions. He's almost at double digits. He hasn't thrown double digit interceptions in a season since 2010. Wow. So, I mean, you know, QB rating, uh, QBR, I mean, QBR under 50, he has not ever had in a single season. He's at 41.3 right now. Now, um, LaFour has already come out and said that if he's healthy, he'll start. But, I mean, at this point, like, I don't see the purpose. Um, Like, I'd almost, like, come to an agreement with him, like, just go on IR and just get healthy and let Jordan Love play because got to know what you also have in Jordan Love. I Unfortunately, I don't don't know if, um, like, that's the – that's the mindset of like the coaching personnel there or, or the organization there. Um, Because I think there's still like this weird thought in their mind that even after they like lost the giants, lost the jets, lost like uh, who else have they lost to? Uh, Lost the Eagles. Now Eagles last night, Eagles, Detroit, like they've, they've lost all these games. Like, there's still Dallas, this, there's still well, there's still this <laughs> glimmer where they think they could turn it around, probably, and and that's I would agree. One. I would agree with you, Gatto. I think that, I think that one extra game in the regular season has really changed the calculus for so many people believing they're going to be in or out of the playoffs, mm-hmm. and I think I, we've talked about this ad nauseum, but. The NFL, the way it works, is all you have to do is get on a run to get into the playoffs, and then it's a whole new story at that point. And right now, the Green Bay is at what four and eight right now. They are currently four and eight, and 
the NFC East has made it very difficult for any other team in the division if you're not in first place uh, to make the playoffs, and they're not catching they're, the nine. And, and they're Vikings. not. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. They're not in a division that that is no. that possibility is possible. So the if best they, they can hope for is finishing nine and eight, and that's running the table for the rest of the year. Now they'd have to go nine and eight, and then the command they'd have to hope that the Commanders don't win more than three games the rest of the way, or the or, or the, the Giants, Giants, whatever, whichever one, to get one of those wild cards. It's not likely, especially if Rogers. And I mean, like, let's be honest here, Tom. You were watching the game last night, right? I watched up until I watched uh, Devonte Smith's second reception, then turned okay. it off because that's all I needed to see. <laughs> uh. Fair enough. Fair enough. It seemed like the entire night they knew the Eagles are running the ball, running it down their throats, and like they knew, and they still couldn't fucking stop them. Literally, could not stop them. Now, yeah. the Eagles, obviously, top three offensive line, arguably the best offensive line coach in the NFL, really talented quarterback. But like, I mean, come on, like if you know that they're like just just load the box and you know. Let let Jalen Hurt, Hurts beat you deep. That's the best way to, to do it, especially if you have Jair Alexander at corner. Like, let him test him a little bit. Yeah, I was curious about that as well because there was – I was getting really frustrated because the, the Eagles ran the ball like five times in a row um, in the Johnson. first quarter. And I was like, no, I need Smith to catch the fucking ball <laughs> Several times. Fuck your, fuck your fantasy team, Tom. This is analysis. I needed to pay attention to this game outside of the fact that it's just television at that point. But I was, I was wondering that as well. Like, I'm, I keep being told how good this Packers like passing defense is, but why aren't they just like pushing up on the line and forcing? Containing Jalen throws, yeah, contain yeah. Jalen Hurts in the pocket and challenge him to throw to AJ Brown because AJ Brown fumbled a ball too, by the way, which is pretty bad. Yeah. Um, and Jair Alexander picked it up and ran for like thirty-five or forty yards back on the other end of the field. But also too, like once you have made that team one-dimensional, they are much easier to beat. Like every team in the NFL, like. And I, I just don't understand why they didn't do it. So going back to the original point, like nine and eight's the best they can do. And they don't just need one team to fall apart. They need like four or five teams to fall apart, all yep. in sequential order. They don't control their own destiny. But they, so are I, lucky. they are lucky, though, that the Giants and the Commanders play each other twice. So there yeah, is. Yeah, consecutively, mind you. Um, also, uh. really weird scheduling shit. But I agree with you all. And, and frankly, I think it wouldn't be bad for Aaron Rodgers to say, like, yeah, my thumb hurts too much. I won't be able to play for the rest of the year. He's already on a contract for next year. If anything, they get to play Jordan Love. They get to showcase him. They get to trade him for draft capital, the same draft capital that they were probably going to be able to get had they traded Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Um, because I was watching a video this morning on YouTube where they were talking about the stuff that both the – the Denver Broncos were willing to give away and another team to get Rogers and the Packers said, no, we'll trade Devonte Adams. Instead, they could have had four first round picks this, like this draft and they've yeah. pissed it away. On the look good. Yeah. And uh, you know what? 
I think there's a lot of criticism that he got last year unnecessarily because he came in and everyone's like, oh, he's not any good. Like, yeah, this is one game. Yeah, you have to give them – like Mahomes looked terrible his, his rookie season when he played week 17. And it didn't – like he starts the next year, they trade Alex Smith, and he wins MVP. So, by the way, 360 – what? Wait, he lost in – he he lost in December then? His – uh, it, I don't know if they lost. He didn't play all that well. It was the it was his rookie season. He sat because they had Alex Smith and they were our playoff team. Right? Yeah, yeah, it was a throwaway game. It was a throwaway game. They were like, we're just gonna rest our starters. So they played Mahomes and like I think he had like no touchdowns, one pick, like kind of like just like a right. game. And everyone was like, oh, why did we fucking draft this guy? He fucking stinks. And and then he he goes in the training camp the following year. They trade Alex Smith for to the Commanders for a third round pick. Great job, guys. Um, and he he's like apparently I remember they were saying like he's throwing interceptions like nonstop in training camp. Everyone's freaking out, like he's gonna be a fucking <laughs> bust. He's a bust. Why did we draft this guy? We should have kept Alex Smith. And then yeah, that and now that insane and now fucking season. Now he's 26 and 0 in the yeah. months of November and December. But that's Maybe. the one that's the one thing though that people don't understand is like when you have one game at the end of the year in week 17 or your Jordan love who has to spot start for somebody. Mm. The directive is not go out there and win us the game and make all these highlight plays. It's like, don't fuck it up. Yeah. And these guys are so attuned to playing at max capacity, played a hundred percent all the time, pairing it down to like being really conservative. Nobody plays that That's well. Not a style. Yeah. No, he's, he's full on switch. Yeah, no, there's no in between. Like he's a, he's an offensive monster. <laughs> like, and we've seen how bad players can be if they play at half speed. Like shit, mm-hmm. Albert Hainsworth is a perfect example well, of a guy who played great when he was on it, and at half speed he was booty. And, and commanders and player. How yep. how many teams? Hey, command, baby. <laughs> well, just how many teams like that becomes the capacity for like, you know, holding on to a lead, and that's why they blow it, right? And they can't shake that funk and turn it back on later. And the second half is a total different game for speaking, so many teams. Speaking of blowing games, can we have a conversation about whether John Harbaugh should be fired? I'm not willing to go down that route. I, I honestly like I, I agree that it's been bad this year, but I think that would be a massive mistake firing him. He's a really good coach. He's a really good coach, but they're also making some really bad fucking decisions on their end. And Sometimes you have those years. I mean, they they had a bad year last year, too, but that was not because of that. Yeah, Lamar was hurt last year, but at the same time. The whole team was hurt. To this start is, the th- yeah, everyone had COVID. Everyone had a broken fucking leg. Like, it was kind of a big deal. For they them. had, like, I mean, FedEx drivers playing corner last year. So, so. so the, the division has also been kind of wild too because the Bengals are now looking full strength they're like they're they're now they're now shining and and they're really starting to turn it on and probably uh, getting chased back this week the, the Browns um have looked like a cohesive team um have they though they, ha- your- they actually have they've been playing really tough Gato, this and, is what I've been waiting. This week is what I've been waiting for because I'm hoping that the Texans fucking put it on them because I want the narrative to start of like 
Ooh, should we have traded for Deshaun Watson? Oh, should Ooh. we sign him? Oh. Plant the seed of doubt in their minds. I, just want, I want chaos in Cleveland. Chaos in fucking Cleveland. I, I, I have a feeling you're going to get it, and I look forward to seeing that game. Could be interesting. Just saying. I'll tell um, you what. Who do you have in that game? Cleveland. <laughs> no, I think I think they roll pretty hard. It's a revenge game too, so I think he, I think Watson's going to be ready to go. But it would be interesting though. It, it revenge also... against who? All of the fucking body masseuses? <laughs> in what? his mind, sure. Um, it depends on if Derek Stingley is going to play because he's been pretty locked down. He missed this past week, so. Yeah. And and Texans got rolled this past week, so Miami yeah, just fucking week. Miami like, well, they, like it's Miami. It's shut down in Miami, man. Bro, they just fucking what they're doing man. is insane. They're really good, Mike uh, McDaniel, I, baby. Is it? And I have to ask: Is it Tyreek Hill really that much of a game changer? He has to be, right? You have to remember, Mike McDaniel is a product of um of uh what's his name Shanahan. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I've been there with him forever. So it's it's that offensive system that maximizes that speed. And having I, – I, I think it's having Tyreek, but it's not just having Tyreek. It's having Jalen Waddle too, which is yeah. like having both of them. Yeah, they're just too fucking fast. fast. Yeah. They're too fast, man. You can't, you can't keep an eye on both of them. So it makes it almost impossible to deal with. And, and to, a, to his credit – and that defense is pretty beastly, man. It's. I mean, they traded for Bradley Chubb in a sack last week, or just yeah. yesterday. They so had that, that, uh, touchdown. That, that team's touchdown playing too. like a full-on team, like firing it on all cylinders as best as he can. I I just wonder if they'll be able to keep that going for five more weeks and then hit the playoffs. At the it's right, going to be like, well. The good thing for them is that they're even if you play like a cover two against them to try and stop the over-the-top stuff. The, the Waddle and Hill are just so good in space that it's like you can't really slow them down. And and to his again to his credit, Tua is very good at getting the ball out into like you know tight spaces. So he they're, they're not essentially matchup proof, but they are going to be very hard to beat. Dude, what is with the East this year? It's so weird. I like the AFC East is just as beastly going on. Like and and the Jets seem to. Have figured out some of the issues that were they were they were suffering from. Yeah, Mike Zach White Wilson. season baby. <laughs> it's yeah, Mike White, came, White season Mike baby White came in, dude, and he just tore it up. All of those receivers that they had with Elijah Moore and Garrett Wilson, they well, all actually looked fucking good too. They were yeah. ready to play. I had I, Garrett Wilson on my fantasy team, and I dropped him when Zach Wilson started, <laughs> and that was not a bad decision. It's yeah. my only bad decision was not just. Benching him for something and keeping him on the team. Yeah, you should have held on to him because it's Mike White season, maybe. By the way, Miami Dolphins go to San Francisco this week, uh, next week. So that's going to be a very good test to see on the road against that fucking defense, which is just disgusting. Quick questions on the Dolphins, though. With all things remaining constant, if they win that division, are they in a position where if they keep rolling, do they travel in the playoffs or they get a home Game. They'd most right, likely yeah. be a wild card team. They'd have to be right because Buffalo. Are they passing Buffalo? They're, they, they're number. They're, tied. They're, they're first right now. Oh, they're tied. Uh, they are. First. They are tied record wise, but they are in first right now. So yeah, no, they would be. They would actually technically be the number number two seed 
So they would get home field until the championship round. So they would they would be playing at home. Okay, because that was my question. If they have to travel on the road in January, that might be the only hesitation. Well, yes, but they would be squaring off against what? So they're number two. So they would either be facing uh, the Bills or the Titans. If the season ended today, they'd be playing at home against the Titans or the Bills. I wouldn't want either of those matchups, to be honest. doesn't seem like it really helps you um, because, like, those are two tough teams. But yeah. didn't they They beat the Bills? Am I, am I correct? They beat them in week, like, three, I think. Yeah. So I, I they, they translate very well to the playoffs in my mind because they're a team that can run the ball very well and they're, you know, quick throws and yards after catch and everything like that. Those are the things that really fucking suck during the playoffs. So. Yeah. Well, my concern was, like, if this is the first time you're going to the playoffs in a long time, you want to do be doing it at home. Yeah, for sure. Uh, for like a nice, like soft entry into the playoffs. My major concern would be like if they're having to go and play in Buffalo in January. I know that the the quick screens and the the short passes translate in the playoffs. Miami players in Buffalo don't though. We'll see. We'll see. Buffalo hasn't exactly purely, purely weather related, but all that to be said. Buffalo, Buffalo is also not exactly playing like the same team they were last year either. So they, they're very hot and cold. A couple of really good games and a couple kind of just odd games. So we'll see. Yeah. Um. So are we going to do it? Do it. Are we going to talk about the commandos? Haters can't stand us. They're on fire. Yeah, yeah, I mean, if you call fire like, you know, winning the games, things you, the things you toast marshmallows with, like the, you know, that little flame, a little like little flame you create. Like, yeah, it's you it's impressive. Like campfire? <laughs> Not no, one of the smaller ones. You know those little like like little sternos you buy, like, yeah. Oh, yeah, you mean like for the chafing dishes. Yeah. yeah it's Are they, yeah. is it chafing dishes or chafing dishes? I I think chafing is what you do in the summer. I think I'd do it in the winter too. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, they're they're three straight, seven and five now. Um, and the Giants are on deck, and then a bye week. So, good chance to go into the bye week, uh, jumping into third with potential. You know, I don't know if you guys face the Cowboys again later on. Yeah, later so on. you so you will have another crack at them. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm not a big believer in the commanders, but you know, I think Heineke's done a nice job. Say, man, sorry, dude. I'll tell you what, that big hat energy is just, (laughs) I need one of those fucking hats. Yeah. Have some respect for the hat, dude. I, I don't mean, have a place to put it or like a reinforced shelf that can carry that weight. <laughs> I just love like what a what a good friend, man. Someone your friend makes this insane fucking product and you're like, yeah, I'll wear it, man. Don't worry. Everything about Robinson is just awesome. He's an awesome. Yeah, he's player. awesome. I do like I I don't like leaving him on my bench, but you know, yeah. that's cool. Imagine putting that like on a hook on a door and it rips the door off the frame. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're just like the wall falls. <laughs> <laughs> You're that guy who puts the hat in like the back of the car and like the back window, and you just can't see shit. You know, the car's just the car's just driving down, like it's like bouncing off the front wheels. Like it's definitely a one size fit all, though. At oh, least. for sure. Yeah, I will say too. I I I'm enjoying this Commandos run right now, but they're also beating up on some shit teams like Atlanta. 
frankly, if Marcus Mariota, if the if the if the conditions were better, Heineke probably could have played better. But it was raining pretty consistently there in Washington, so it was a ground heavy game. But also too, like they. Washington is a very opportunistic team in the sense that like they're not dominating for the entire game. They're dominating when they need to, but there were also a couple of like pretty obvious times they could have gotten Mariota down on the ground and he was able to just slip through them and run around. Also winning on like you're winning on like that last play. Right, like that, Ken, I mean, that, it, that Kendall Fuller pick in the end zone was huge. It was it was a it was a batted ball though, right? Like Patterson was open. And it, it, it probably would have been a touchdown uh, if it wasn't just like a. Yeah, I think Duran Payne like knocked it with his hand and yeah. Fuller was able to bring it down. But also, too, I'm pretty sure, yes, at the end of the game, there was a roughing the punter call um, that gave Washington a first down and basically shut the game down. Yeah. We'll so, see. I mean, they, they, handedly, they handedly beat the Eagles um, and I thought they offered a blueprint on how to beat them and it just no one else has been able to do it um, but uh, and then they you know the Texans like okay you know you beat them pretty handily too which is that, that was a game they should have won though so like let's yeah. call for what it is and well I, think- I mean again it beating the teams you're supposed to beat is still an accomplishment you know it, yeah. it, regardless and, of anything and this is the most wins Washington has had up to this point in the season and I think 10 years or since 2008. So granted they play one extra game, but I I do think there is something to Taylor Heineke where this team has clearly played better with him versus Carson Wentz. And not even a doubt. I'm very hesitant for the rest of the season moving forward where they're going to say like, well, we're paying Carson Wentz. We should play him. But why at this, at this point, I think that ship has sailed though. Yeah, but they're going to have his fucking expensive, goofy ass around here for a while. <laughs> Which I think brings in next, another point that I wanted to make is that Dan Snyder should be indicted for war crimes. Yeah, send, him, mean, to, send him to The Hague. Honestly, you, the most one of the most recognizable players of the franchise. Like, I was looking at it the other day, like... You know, Arizona has the Pat Tillman statue. They built a fucking statue in Philadelphia of Nick Foles and uh, Doug Peterson, like calling yeah. the Philly special. And Washington fucking creates that abomination of a tribute to Sean Taylor. They created like a J.C. Penny mannequin for him. Yeah, it, it's literally wired mannequin with a jersey and fucking shoes. And they're like, that's it. That's that's the Sean Taylor tribute. And we're done, boys. Cheap fuck, man. What a cheap fuck. Yeah, I mean, there's like there's a statue to Steve Gleason in New Orleans. Yep. And you know, for the amount, and I'm gonna be really crass with this, for the amount of fucking money this franchise is made off of somebody who died, it is a spit in the face of the entire family. And it's really sad. Like this was a this was a guy who had a lot of promise for that team, and this is how they're choosing to remember him as a player. And again, Dan Snyder not making any friends in the the DMV area. Can't wait for Jeff Bezos to just bulldoze his entire memory <laughs> and turn it into a giant Amazon factory. God. God save us. Fuck him.
Did you guys see the thing that happened with Odell Beckham Jr.? Yeah, I did. I'm also skeptical about reporting about Odell Beckham Jr. in the sense that there seems to be a lot of drama that follows him around for the sake of drama, but not actually anything that he does. It's just a weird story. Like he's a perfect fit for Dallas now. So for those, <laughs> so for for those who are not aware, OBJ was removed from a plane because he was coming in and out of consciousness, and he refused to put his seatbelt on. Very dramatic removal from the plane, as one does. However, aren't don't people take like anxiety medication for flights? Don't they take like sleeping medication for flights? Yep you going and bothering somebody who's in the middle of like an ambient nap is probably going to elicit the exact same result as OBJ did. Mm -hmm. Granted, like, could you put your seatbelt on? Yeah, sure. Do you think a seatbelt's going to save you on a plane? No. And to take, to throw him off of the plane is like, again, we're creating like a story that's fucking stupid. It's, It's so weird what happened there. As, unless I see a video of him like leaked on the plane where like he's actually like looks like insane, I have to think that it's like just one of those things that like maybe there was some miscommunica- miscommunication. Like, yeah, maybe he was like maybe in a bad mood or sleepy or whatever. And like it happens, but uh, it is very weird. But like I don't read too much into it though. It's just, I don't know, man. Like, there's so many things that I have questions about with this story. I do have an Odell conspiracy theory, though. It's like a, a dark cloud follows this guy everywhere he goes. It does seem like that. Yeah. I mean, it just he got a lot of shit in New York, which I felt like was like not fair. Um, but it's just, you know, it's just it, when you're a superstar player like that and he was breaking records like people. There's always that moment where people love you and they like treat you like the next big thing. And then they want to find ways to like ruin you. They gotta then, blow out your candle, man. And then bring and then try and bring you back after, like the red redemption story. It's like it's good narrative. So but uh but my my Odell conspiracy theory is that I think he's using the Giants nostalgia to squeeze every penny out of Jerry Jones at this point. I think I don't think I, I, I can't realistically the Giants have looked like shit over the last two weeks, and it's just a reality that they don't have enough players on this roster to like they were doing it with smoke and mirrors. They were winning close games and all that. And that's great, but they're just not good enough to really like do it. Like if they go into the playoffs, if, if they do make the playoffs, they're going to get smoked. It's is he just, signing a one-year deal? No, that's the thing is that apparently he wants a multi-year deal, which is, ben- is beneficial to the giants because it would allow them to keep his cap number for this year low and then push the money into future years. But also, I love Odell, but do I want to commit big time money to a 30 year old receiver who's had two ACL tears back to back and one in college? So that's three tears. And for a team that's probably going to need another year or two before they're like a consistent winner, if all things break well, and probably going to be drafting another quarterback. Right. So are we, are you going to give, and like the reason why he would come here is because he loves Saquon. Are you keeping Saquon next year? He Saquon's been awful since the bye week. I mean, just terrible. 
yeah, okay, Bellinger got hurt. The offensive line's been kind of decimated, but like he's not Brightwell had two runs that he ran for like 20 yards each and it looked really explosive. So I think he's he's hit the wall physically. And again, like, am I gonna give this guy twenty million dollars a year? I would mm. never do that. Yeah. I mean, when you're taking as many reps as he is taking, it's right. You're gonna hit a fatigue point, you know, unless you have a solid uh, a solid second guy you know it's it's going to he also take a toll he also hasn't played a full season in how many years since Saquon. his first rookie season well yeah, uh, yeah yeah since his rookie year yeah, yeah and gato you'll attest that he's not a very good pass catcher oh man that drop was uh it was bad. more on jones in my opinion that was a it yeah, was way behind dude. him but like he's never been a consistent receiver like so he can't you can't even like to take away some of the blow away from being a running back, you can't do what they do like with McCaffrey and just have him run Texas routes, you know, like he, he's just not built for that. He's, he's very one dimensional as a runner. So um, he's explosive, but like you're seeing it now, he looks, he looks terrible. Yeah. Gi- I mean, giants have just been off for the last couple of weeks. Uh, they've changed their play calling style. Very they've, conservative. Yeah. They've, they've almost, changed everything about how they were playing like almost like putting the burners on early i don't think and they trust i don't know Jones. i don't i and and i would say that like i think they're they're fearful with a lack of personnel right now that they can even function as a full offense and so that's why they're they're not willing to take calculated risk um on certain plays because they worry it's going to get somebody injured. And when they and get they bullshit fucking flags well, constantly. Yeah. Well, they had, that, you know they had that touchdown taken back, right? That was a yeah. bullshit fucking call. That was one of the worst calls I've seen in a long time. That was a fucking that bullshit very call. very bad. How, how do you call a legal man downfield? He was like three yards past the line of scrimmage, which, yes, is technically not allowed, right? They give you about like a yard, maybe two. And like a little bit, but it's not, it wasn't an RPO to where the tackle doesn't know if it's a run or a pass. Right. So like, no, it was very much tell it was a bootleg. Yeah. It was a bootleg play. So like he knew it was a, and he wasn't engaging with a defender. He had, he, he made contact with the nose tackle. The nose tackle saw a pass. He drops back. Phillips is standing there like this. He's not engaging with anybody. The fact that they called that is he actually backpedaled. Yeah, it's insane. <laughs> and it wasn't like a 20-yard gain. It was a fucking touchdown that would have made that, like, I still think they were going to lose that game. But like, I mean, come yeah. on. But but there is like weirdly, I didn't have any expectation for the Giants to pull that one off, but it was a gift no. that they lasted as long as they did in that game. And I see that that and then maybe two or three other big moments in that game and we had a totally different story the darnay holmes uh uh call where they called him for holding on lamb where he like grazed his back yeah that was a second didn't throw him off the route didn't do anything and it was um you know we we like we always joke like oh the refs are in on it right but like the kind of the one sweet thing about it was that last that last minute touchdown by the giants completely decimated vegas yeah it did it yeah. uh it totally ruined their day because yeah. it changed it it fucked all the odds and all the betting lines i love it so <laughs> fuckers 
It does feel like you're going against the ref sometimes. I've seen more illegal man downfield calls this year than I've ever seen in my life. But you know the problem is it's it's like that's fine if it's like a play that doesn't amount to much. But it's a fucking pulling, touchdown. It's, it's on touchdowns. It's yeah. like on point. It's on beautiful point play plays. call. Beautiful play call. On like critical third downs. Yeah. Things like that. And it's like, dude, you don't Hod- do that. Hodgins is just a free guy just kind of floating in there. All of a sudden, he's he's just wide open in the end zone. Catches it, which has been our problem, is that we have wide open people in the end zone. They just drop it. And like I'm like, and I, I literally walked away. I like I saw the play. I was cutting the turkey. Like on Thanksgiving, it's fucking Thanksgiving. Nearly cuts off his. So no, no. So I I, I watch the play and I'm like, touchdown, beautiful. Walk away. I'm smiling. I'm happy. I'm cutting the turkey. I come back. It's three fucking nothing. And I'm like, the fuck just happened? I'm like, we had, we, we scored a touchdown. I'm like, it's fucking insane. And but that's the thing is like, if that had been a touchdown there, it would have changed the dimensions of that game. It would have brought the Cowboys fans out of that game. They were a huge yeah. part of why that game was the way it was. I think. Um. <sighs> not saying again, not saying that the Giants would have won, but losing to the Lions is what bugs that, me. That was I, that was one that burns. I knew we were I knew we were gonna lose to the Cowboys again. They're just a better team right now. It's just the reality. But like they're losing, a better team. Yeah, losing against the Lions was just like fucking can't lose those type of games, man. Just can't. And I will say though, the Lions have snuck up on a number of people this year. Yeah, they're them. better. So they're better now. They, yeah, they've really started to. I think the real test is going to be these next three weeks with um, the two games against Washington because you really need to figure out which one, which one of these teams is legit and which one is not. Um, Jones, Jones historically very good against Washington, and so... I think it's I think it's a good matchup between like Heineke and the Giants defense and Jones and Washington's defense. I mean, I don't watch a lot of like pro football games, like go out of my way to watch them. And I'm a commandos fan, but I hate Dan Snyder. In some cases that overpowers my willingness to watch, but I will watch both of these games. Giants are getting Aziz Ojolari back this week. Um, they're getting Ben Bredersen back this week and Tony Jefferson and Evan what the Lowe. guy that broke his hand. What- uh, McKinney, no, he's not eligible until the second Commanders game. But did we uh, see any any anything you hear about Bellinger? Possible. He's been practicing, and hey. Evan Neal has been practicing. So there's a possibility that they could be back. Would Bellinger so, wear a uh, like a face guard? Face. He's gonna wear. Yeah. He might wear a face guard the rest of his career. He said. Um, shit. Just, just I to, would just to avoid it. Like you know, you don't want to re-injure that shit. He's got a plate in his fucking eye, so. Wow. Um, Cyborg face. Yeah. So they might, the Giants are getting healthy right now, which is great. Nick Gates, by the way, played center. He was the MVP of that game against Dallas. He was fucking awesome. Stepped it up. Yeah. Yeah. So Feliciano has been a real fucking shit player at center. So, who then got hurt too, by the way. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So the the Giants are getting healthy. And if they can get Evan Neal back and Bredesen back this week, real good chance to kind of like get get going. Yeah. So, um, Bredesen. Yep. Bredersen. Yep. Get that bread or yep. son. Get that bread or son. Buy a big hat. <laughs> and and Washington is getting Chase Young back, supposedly. But... I love how I trade Najee Harris in fantasy and all of a sudden he's good again. Trace Trace Young's coming back, huh? Yeah, I'm yeah. not worried. Andrew Thomas is gonna be out for blood this week. They had um they had some visuals of 
um, Duran Payne and Jonathan Allen getting double teamed on the line and just Montez Sweat coming in and just soaking people with sweat. So, soaking. Just soaking like the Mormons. So I'm actually really impressed with, the, oh. with Washington pass rush lately because those I mean, two it's, guys. It's all first rounders on that. They're all first rounders. <laughs> they're all from fucking Alabama. Like they should be doing exactly that. But those guys don't get a ton of sacks, but they eat up a lot of like attention. Well, yeah. I mean, like Deron Payne's is a space eater. You know, his that's his job. Allen's more of a penetrator. But yeah, Montez Sweat. He, I mean, he fell in the draft because of like a heart issue or something that they mm-hmm. thought he had. Like it was one of those nothing things that like he's been playing for fucking five years now and he's fine. Um, Chase Young, we'll see. We'll see if he if he's healthy. Yeah, they'll probably have him in there sporadically for the first game. Yep, like just getting his feet under and probably on just third down where he's got one job and it's just go chase Daniel Jones down and eat his children. Thomas has locked him down. I'm not worried about it. <laughs> so, assholes. I'm going to go last because mine is my pick and asshole are related. So, I can just start because mine's not a very well thought out one and it's also very generic. Cool. Um, so, tomorrow we will be playing. Um, well, it's. For those living under a rock, it's the World Cup. Um, and tomorrow we are going to be playing Iran. So it's going to be U.S. versus Iran. And um, my asshole of the week is everyone who's trying to politicize this matchup. Obviously, our country, their country, not seeing eye to eye on many things. Right? Um and I saw something today that Iran formally complained about getting uh, the U.S. soccer team uh, banned or, or eliminated because of a graphic that was shown on a feed because they did take a political route and used a different flag in solidarity with the protests. And They removed know, the is... emblem from the Iranian flag. Yeah, they removed the, the emblem. And, like... We need to remember that, like, we this is just soccer, like, this is just a game, and it really has no f- actual forbearance on life or the countries themselves or the problems going on in their countries. And as much as I support what the women over there are doing, like, this is not the place to be making this, like, like the U.S. to be like using this as a moment to like stick stick their nose in that shit either. And people are going to be doing stupid stuff, saying stupid stuff. And just like, I just really hope people just don't engage with any of it because it's pointless. But we don't live in a time where like, you know, like uh, competitive, like sportsmanship is a thing anymore. And like, people are just going to like, like, don't make a situation worse than it has to be. It just opinion. seems like, yeah, it just seems like everybody's trying to get their stabs in at this point. And uh, I'm, I'm all for calling Iran out um, yeah. for, you know, those things. But I think, they're, you know, it'd probably it's be better. Soccer game. It's be not... better at a UN conference than, um, but but again, you know, I, I think uh, you have to also support, though, that the protesters, like, obviously. They, yeah, but they that's... Are doing... 
this is not the place to do this because we're we're also playing into our own like little nationalist like everyone's in their tribal little a uh, like tribal mindset with the world cup like we don't yeah. live that's the thing we don't live in a time anymore where like international sporting events um s- promote like peace and like cooperation this is just anti like animosity building right now if anything and like I wish it would be the other way, and the players have the opportunity to make it more of a sportsmanship situation um, when they compete against each other. But like, you know, with so many fans already and so many people like speaking so negatively about the other team, um, it's <sighs> everything about what's going on right now with the World Cup is kind of a dumpster fire, right? It's just that's just FIFA though. And and frankly, there are already enough villains in this story where we don't have to go out and create new ones. Yeah. Um the the whole FIFA Qatar relationship is incredibly sketchy. There were six hundred and sixty five hundred people that died in the building of these stadiums. Um that whole statement that the FIFA president made where he said, like, how dare you like question like essentially like ethnic slavery in certain countries because they have it way better here than other places like that's not the fucking point dude but i mean i agree with you gato in the sense of like we don't need to like we don't need to add more to this issue in the sense that iran's already doing a pretty good job fucking this up on their own they don't need our help to do it yeah yeah and it's this is not this is one of those places where we can look like we can just play the game and not engage in that, and we would be better off on the world stage, <laughs> in my opinion, for it. We would we would be promoting a a better future for women in Iran by not engaging. I think we antagonize that situation. We could be hurting women there, and and that's my opinion on that. Yeah, um, that's a good asshole, Gato. Thank you for that. Um. Mine, I'm going to go in a different route this time. I'm not going to choose an asshole of the week, but I'm going to choose a um, kind of a hero of the week in the sense that um, the person that I'm selecting is the investigative journalist, James Laporta, who was fired by the Associated Press. Um, So for those who don't know, James Laporta is a former military veteran who um, served in – I believe Afghanistan did a couple tours there and now he worked for, I believe the military times and then the AP. Um, He had a source that was reporting that that rocket attack that happened in Poland came from Russia. And there is slack messages back and forth between his editor and his superior, um, him sharing this information coming from a, Um, intelligence officer within the U.S. government, and then his publisher asking, is this okay to post? And Laporta saying, I don't know. That's above my pay grade. Like, you all are supposed to be the ones to vet this. And the publisher and his supervisor basically said, like, yeah, it sounds good. Just let it run. Didn't do any investigating on their end. Didn't do any background checks on anything. Turns out that was false um, information about that rocket attack into Poland. Laporta ends up getting blamed and fired from the AP. They give no real explanation as to why he was fired and the other two individuals weren't. Yep. Um, 
really disappointing in the sense that there's such a dearth of actual good military reporting out there on conflicts around the world. And Laporta is one who is solid in that regard. Um, it's it's unfortunate that he's lost his job and it hopefully lands on his feet somewhere else. I'm sure he will because everyone's been saying it's it was just completely unjustified. I mean, like he he doesn't have that authority, like you said, in, in the Slack messages to just run those stories. Like he brings it up and then it's the editor's job to decide whether or not to run it. And like they they decided to run it. So why is it that he is the patsy in this scenario? And like again, their silence on it is pretty deafening. Yeah. So. Because I'm not fully familiar, like I know I heard the news headline. Um, wh- what was it exactly that he had reported initially? So he had a um, he was notified by a source that he had that there was a, a rocket attack that came from Russia and it landed in Poland. Um, okay, so that's what he was told, and that's what he reported. Right. Um, I'm reading this from the Washington Post. Um, Laporta, national security reporter who had provided erroneous information about a missile strike in Poland last week that resulted in a widely circulated but inaccurate news alert and story suggesting Russia was responsible for the incident. Right. So he was told by a senior U.S. intelligence official that Russian missiles crossed into NATO member Poland, killing two people. This is what he was told by somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, and he shared this information with his superiors okay and they asked him is this reliable and he said it's not really my job the words that he used like this is above my pay grade like yeah. you all need to be the ones to vet this because you're you're, sure. you're basically saying russia like shot a missile at ukraine and it ended up in poland so you're accusing them of like so people so the scenario here is we this you know this transpires in poland he gets this information sent to him from he sends it to his superiors from someone in 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 the u.s military he says it's their call to make if they want to run the story they run the story and now he's being blamed for all because yeah because they refuse because it was actually ukrainian um air defense right yep that's correct so yeah he's getting he's getting the blame for it and it's it's not fair it's kind of weird though like why did this uh u.s official feel the need to you know, send that information to him, and because it was a Russian, it was a Russian missile. Uh, Tom, correct me if I'm wrong here. It, it was a Russian missile, but I think it was it was coming from Ukraine. So they assumed that it was Russia bombing, trying to bomb Ukraine, mm-hmm. and then like it, you know, ended up in Poland. But of course, it was it was not the case. So, but again, yeah, it's it's irresponsible. Like I, I just don't understand why he was the patsy there. When he literally did the appropriate thing, he didn't go rogue and like post it on his Twitter account and bypass, you know, his superiors. He he followed normal protocol and basically said, like, listen, you guys want to run this? You can. I'm just going off of what I heard. And um, and he's he's facing a lot of consequences for it that he doesn't have to. He shouldn't have to. Yeah, and I'm reading this Washington Report article right now, and it's very heavy handed towards the AP in the sense that while that editor had signed off on previous stories using Laporta's source, the editor had not weighed in on the missile story. Like, yep. So this person gets a pass for not doing their job. Yeah. That's what we're saying. Basically. And 
I think that's important for people to know that reporters are the ones to collect the information. Editors are the ones to determine whether it is worth publishing. Yep. And they're supposed to be the last line of de de defense, no pun intended, to ensure that the correct information is out there. Yep. They're, they're the gatekeepers, essentially. They are the gatekeepers. And to essentially say, hey, the reporter got this wrong. Um, reporters get shit wrong all the time, but we never know because the editors are also the ones checking sources and verifying that this is true. And we never know whether reporters are right or wrong if editors are actually doing the job they're, they're assigned to do. So, and ultimately, if you're going to fire Laporta, you should fire the editors too. Like, which is not fire everyone. Yeah, why? And like, he should be the last one to get fired in this scenario. But, and I would hope that his track record of reporting would have given them some leeway and understanding. And there's another quote in here, like, I can't imagine a senior U.S. intelligence official getting this wrong. Like, really, really, they've never gotten anything wrong. Ever weapons of mass destruction, weapons, yellow cake, hmm. cylinders. Okay, guys, God. like I love yellow cake. <laughs> good old, you good old yellow cake in the morning. Oh God. But yeah, Jim Laporta, hero of the week, stunt on the oh. hose, king. Awesome. Well, we've been talking about conceptual James before, um, James, James Lindsay, and um, it's pretty interesting because we've talked about projection on the right right that like the phrase for anybody who's familiar okay groomer is a respond to okay boomer and it's basically a dismissive response to people and call in this case they're calling them pedophiles now what's interesting though is that there is a um a podcaster named matt bender now matt bender has been on the majority report a show that i've made my pick of the week before um he also does a lot of stuff on crypto and the dangers of it very good at what he does. Um, Conceptual James made a big mistake by saying OK Groomer to him because he is back on the platform, guys. Uh, he was banned. Elon Musk, thank you very much for bringing him back. And Matt Bender uh, shared a post. And it says it's a picture of Nikki Klein and Conceptual James sitting together, kind of just hanging out. They were man spreading. Yeah, basically. Matt Bender um, shared it with, okay, James Lindsay, who is seen here with a member of the Nexium sex cult, whose leader is currently in prison for child sex trafficking. So now, by the way, James Lindsay has responded to this and said, I look really good in this picture. So taking absolutely no blame of hanging out with a member of the Nexium fucking sex cult. And the beautiful thing is that now anytime James Lindsay posts literally anything, his replies are absolutely flooded, <laughs> are absolutely flooded with the picture of Matt Bender calling him out, hanging out with the Nexium uh, sex cold. So, again, it's pure projection. He is very much the groomer and he is trying to deflect blame from it. I really take um, pause and I got to go wait. So, like, you get caught in a picture like that, and you try to deflect by saying... He was actually... Oh, I look great in that picture. And, and he tagged Elon Musk and said, like, hey, people are spam replying this in my... Uh, my but, like, that's how he created a career, was spam <laughs> replying people. Yeah. 
pretty much. So, so weird and wild. And it vile. is, it is just, he is just pure trash. Um, one of the biggest pieces of trash back on this website. And, you know, he's wearing his okay groomer shirt that he apparently gets a lot of, uh, a lot of compliments, compliments on. But it's just so funny that, like, you are literally hanging out with a fucking sex cult, uh, uh, the Nexium sex cult. And you have the fucking balls to say that. And it's the same thing with like Sargon of Cod. If anybody who's not aware of who that is, he is a YouTube personality. And then he ran for a uh, congressional seat in UKIP, uh, the UKIP party in UK. Also another guy who's very, very fond of calling people groomers and has been exposed in DMs basically trying to solicit for, well, you can do your, you can use your imagination there. It. It's like the age-old, like, hiding in plain sight. Type. Yeah, it's it's my way of, like, no, you are. I yeah. know you are. I'm, I, I I'm, 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 I'm out there yeah. trying to clean the streets. I'm trees. rubber, you're wow. glue. Yeah. yeah. I'm rubber, you're glue, essentially. So this ties into my pick of the week, though, because... Um, are I've we been... the groomers? <laughs> <laughs> are we the groomers? Um, I've, been, I've been just started watching The Vow uh, about Keith Rainier and the next CM sex cult and it is just absolutely fucking wild i don't know if you guys ever watched smallville when you were younger the, the superman show alice mack one of the main stars of that show was somebody who is now going to jail for this and it is just fucking wild that this went on and apparently this new season is going to highlight some of the people who are um, actually still supportive of the, oh, the company it's and a weird i because like I had to screen some of it and uh, I was like, I was like kind of, cause you know how we screen. I was like, Oh, I'm only getting uh, you know, little bits and pieces. I'm not intaking the whole, the whole uh, show. And I'm just yeah. like, did they take like a complete like 180 on this? It's, and then you realize what they're doing and why yeah, they're, it. they're and playing it so from the idea of people who that are still supportive to this day because they didn't see all that stuff going on. And like it did benefit some people. So it, it can't be all that bad. And it's um, yeah. it's like making them confront like, you know, their dissonance with the whole. Yeah. Thing. And it, it, it is interesting, interesting because it does play with the idea of are they really sorry or are they just trying to cover their asses now? They're so. definitely trying to cover their asses. 110 percent. Yeah. You, there's no way you didn't know what was going on. So it's crazy, man. Yep. It's terrible. It's crazy. This is a wild show. Yeah, the I mean, vow. It's oh, it's, dude. It's, it's, it's honestly crazy. anyone who hasn't seen. I, I watched the first season. Uh, anyone who hasn't seen that, it's it's definitely worth the watch. I'm always shocked by like you look at these fucking like disheveled dudes that like convince people to do the craziest shit. Like this guy Keith Rainier looks like a fucking guy who works in an accounting firm. Question. And, yeah. Do you think the followers? all are missing or lacking internal dialogues <laughs> very possible because that internal dialogue could also serve as a conscience as well yeah yeah i i, I don't know the, the the unspectacular people that get people to follow them into fucking the 10 depths of hell i don't get so but yeah, yeah that, he he looks like he was like he looks like fucking just like a, a nerd. Dude. A yeah. nerd. Yeah. He looks like a like a Microsoft employee from the from the early nineties. Like Yeah, I was gonna say he's got some like 
Best Buy, Best Buy, yeah, Geek Squad, yep. No, 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 like warehouse, warehouse manager, manager? yeah. (laughs) But like, not the guy who lifts heavy shit. The guy who's like sipping coffee. Got a got a keyboard, uh, keyboard, a clipboard, and a uh, like reflective vest on yep. and he's just like reminding everyone all the time to lift with their legs yeah. and, uh, Ew, are you the one who said that he looks like the guy with the firebird eye rock yeah. <laughs> i think i was talking about somebody else though with the eye rock it still applies though yeah it definitely does it definitely does oh man this is fucking wild, dude. I'm going to have to it's, watch this. Really it's wild. crazy, man. The shit that they do is, like, shocking. And and they do a very good job of covering, like, how it goes on. Because it is so unbelievable that, like, you're going to have trouble, like, wrapping your mind around the reality that people, like, didn't see how the rest of us see this was such a cult. And, like, they got suckered in. And, like, it's suckered in celebrity. Yeah. Yeah. Like, People really like, but and like they who, who were doing his bidding, like so wild, literally just feeding people to this guy, and like that was their goal was to recruit like women, and in some cases uh, allegedly like underage women, to like feed it to this guy, and and like, it's like that it's you know what it is it's like the bare minimum to explain away why you comply with like the way of the cult it was so bare minimum and thin veiled that it's like anyone should see how obviously wrong this is yep and yet this became such a huge cult across what it was in new york it was in california right it was it was huge yeah it had huge influence apparently there are still people out there who uh who still support it yeah wow it's wild man we live in wild times. <laughs> I got nothing. I got nothing. I'm speechless about that shit. Man. Yeah, it's it's jarring. But uh, Keith Rainier is going to be in prison probably the rest of his life at this point, and a lot of the other people are going to end up in jail. Uh, I, Alex, Alice, and Matt guy didn't get as much time as I thought she was going to get because she was one of the key players. Shit. Yeah. So wild. All right, give me them picks, Q. That was my pick. That was his pick. Asshole led into the pick. I'll I'll go with my pick now. Um, Tom, if you like Peripheral, you're going to like my next pick, too. He's got got another banger. This one, I really thought this was a fucking banger. Um, It's been out, actually, for for a couple months here, but I just came across it. it is called The Resort, and it's on Peacock, and it is about a couple who's spending their ten, uh, their their uh, ten year anniversary in, down in uh, this Mexican resort. Oh, it's and, got Chidi. It's got Chidi in it. Yeah, it's it's got it's got an insane cast, honestly. Uh, Kristen Milioti is um, I'm not a huge fan of her, but uh, she's like the main character and she plays a great part. Um, Nick Offerman, right? We got some Ron Swanson action in this in the show. Um, yeah, I've heard of this yeah. before, Gatto. 
Oh, you have heard of this. I've heard of it before, but I don't have Peacock, so like it's practically in another country for me. All right. So then um because it's in another country, I'll just give you the rundown. Uh couple they're on a uh their vacationing. Ten year anniversary vacation. Uh she they go out trying to, you know, create a spark in the the marriage again and they go ATVing. She hits a she hits a bump on a curve, rolls down a hill, notices this phone like right there in front of her. It's an old phone, it's dirty. It launches them into a mystery. This sure. mystery is about what happened to two young kids that were that were at this resort that go missing that police can never figure out as well as why this uh, unidentified body uh, gets, gets brought back onto shore after a hurricane. And they slowly start to piece everything together until they actually come to find out the truth. And it is, so much weirder and so much odder than you would expect. Um, it was just enjoyable to watch. It was bizarre in ways that I felt like gave me like a like a Hunter S. Thompson kind of story or a uh, who's that other dude Vonnegut, <laughs> sure. like a very Kurt Vonnegut type of like story plot. Um, yeah, I, I. All right, I'm it. interested. I enjoyed you, you, you it. You don't I, gotta sell anymore. I, I, I got I guess, it. I, I guess I'm a little tired, so I'm not really selling it very well. But uh, yeah, overall, it was it was fucking pretty awesome. Yeah, I agree with you too. Like, I'm not typically like a huge fan of um, Christine Milati just because I haven't seen her in a ton of stuff. I know that she was in the last season of How I Met Your Mother, if I'm not mistaken, but I don't know mm-hmm. her from like a ton of stuff. She was in that one with Sandberg, uh, Palm Springs, and that was another That's weird right. movie on on the same kind of odd premise of time travel. Spoiler alert! That's <laughs> right. That was Andy Sandberg, right? And yep. yeah, and I really liked that too. Uh, she did that show on HBO. I wasn't too fond of uh, with, with Raymond. Ray. Yeah, Ray Romano there. Yeah. Okay. But it's also got the guy from High Maintenance. Hmm. <laughs> So interesting cast. Okay. Yeah. I'll mess with that. Um, and my pick of the week is actually going to be a football game this coming Saturday. Football. Uh, so football. Yes. Um, an American football game. Cause this is America. <laughs> <laughs> um, the game that I am selecting, keep in mind, it is championship weekend for college football, but I am really interested to watch the, ACC championship game, Clemson, North Carolina. And the reason why I want to watch that game is because I think this is going to be a real coming out party for Drake May, who is the quarterback for um, UNC Chapel Hill. We've, we've talked about him off, um, off the show in our discord page. I think we're all in agreement that he's going to be a really interesting NFL prospect in a couple of years. Um, some of his numbers are, are quite frankly, really impressive. 3,800 passing yards this year, 35 touchdowns over 600 rushing yards as well with six touchdowns. Like he's got all the makings of a first round pick six, four, 
220. He's uh he's eligible for 2024. Um, but I would have Caleb Williams just slightly ahead of him. Yeah, but this kid is has been really impressive for somebody who played very sporadically last last year. So yeah. um it's also be interesting to see what happens with Clemson, whether they're able to put it together for this game. Um, DJ Uyunglele is pretty inconsistent and kind of spiky all over the place. Um, but again, this is a Clemson team that wants to show that they're still dominant and they're still in the national conversation. They're not going to be a playoff championship team, but all the same, I'm really watching this for Drake may and what UNC can do. I don't say this a lot. I rarely say this, but in this case, go Tar Heels. Let's see what they can do. Yeah, I hate I hate Clemson. So, I I fucking hate what's his name. Um, Hates a coach. strong word. Q. Dabo. Yeah, yeah, I don't like Dabo. Fine. Yeah, I don't he's like got him. big. He's got big weenie energy too, like big nerd energy. Oh, this game is going to be in Charlotte, by the way. We should go. Yeah, we should. We should. You coming? Yeah, I'm getting on a plane right now. Peasants, are you? <laughs> yes. This is all green screen, by the way. They they allowed it on the plane. Damn, son, there are tickets galore right now. I wonder, you definitely can't teleconference from the plane, can you yet? I don't think so. Yeah. You'd have to have like some serious internet to be able to do that. They haven't gotten that good yet. No. Unless you're on a private jet, maybe. Air Force One. Yeah. Maybe if you tell everybody else not to use it. You're the <laughs> only one using it. You start fighting people. Like, not fucking use it. Turn your internet off. Maybe if you like plug into like you know right into the wi-fi itself yeah there you into go. the router into the router not the wi-fi i Jeez, can go to later. this i can go to this power five conference championship you're so game excited right now for 67 dollars. you're going em- emily's like no thanks you should decline <laughs> she's gonna she's gonna like be like oh so if you're gonna go to this all right we're gonna we're gonna have to have a uh negotiation I can sit in one of the end zones. I don't know where close to the field for eighty bucks. It's not bad. This this ideal end zone's not a great place to sit though. It's not no, but for eighty dollars you can watch it on the jumbotron and figure it out what's going on. True, and there might be some action on that end of the field too, versus like being up on like the top bowl and like needing binoculars to look down. But yeah, that's my pick. I hope you get hit with a like rogue field goal attempt you know just when i want like a little support I hope there's a hole in the net when i'm looking for a little support from this fucking podcast and maybe a little less inner dialogue that comes out this is what i get you know this, what you're, you're the reason of, you're the supporters all right you're the reason for his inner dialogue gato you're, you're if you want support you're gonna have to get it from our listeners who follow us at all of our social medias they can find us on twitter instagram all the other places that we go and do things. Truth social. Dank yeah. on memes. Follow me on Reddit. <laughs> heavy Reddit. He's got heavy Reddit flow. Follow me on Zillow. <laughs> <laughs> guys, I'm guys, I'm still on Friendster. Just letting you know. But not on Wikipedia. MySpace. Uh, me and Tom still chilling out in MySpace. Just listening to the real Fallout Tom, Boy. right? Yeah, exactly. Follow my uh, movie reviews on Amazon.com. <laughs> Check out for Tom's comments on um, the uh, Fox News comment section. 
the My Pillow documentary. <laughs> That's good. His username is Mike Lindell, the prophet. But he is Mike Lindell, meme lord. <laughs> we told you this here. Yeah. All right, folks. We'll see you next week. Do good Later. things. Later. Bye. Okay, let's get me a rhythm. And then he says, and I'm not kidding, he goes, now clap. Please clap. Just clap for that, you stupid bastard. I need applause to live. Jokes, Mr. Jokey. Joke maker. Ha! <laughs> suck it, Jack Sparrow. <laughs> <laughs>